talk about our democracy for a minute. But let's do it in a way that makes the snowflakes' heads explode. Let me be clear before this podcast begins. We are loud, loud proud, proud, and do not give a fuck. This is the Tony Michaels Podcast. Real and raw political and social commentary. The freedom to oppress the rights of other people is not liberty, you shit-eating moron. Ah, the smell of freedom of speech. This is the Tony Michaels Podcast, and this is Tony Michaels. Hey, Tony, fuck them. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. We have some special guests for you today. We are going to have Michael Popak from Legal AF uh, joining us uh, in, in just a bit to talk about the, uh, the, the what's going on in the Manhattan DA's office. He should be joining us very soon. And we also have an, a special interview for you guys today. Bad Brad Berkwit of the Bad Brad Berkwit Show. And also the CEO of Ringside Report. We're going to have all those things today. We're also going to do a little bit of surfing the Tweety Tweets and the Trendy Trends. Uh, we're going to try to watch some video. If we can stand it. <laughs> Uh, but the, the, the next day, this day, of the Judge Brown Jackson hearings, uh, we've endured the last three days. The last two days have been Josh Hawley ab- absolutely obsessed with child porn. And Tom Cotton, too. Did you notice that? Tom Cotton and Josh Hawley are absolutely 100% obsessed. Can't stop talking. They can't stop talking about it. Can't stop talking about child porn. Uh, good morning. We have Mayo here. Good morning. We have we have MJ here. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. We have Kathy. We have we we have David. They're all rolling in here. We have Robin. Everyone's here. Uh, good to see you guys here today. We again we got a special episode for you today. Um, let's let's not waste um, let's not waste too much time. Um, as we as we go through here, you guys know we've done we've done the pop ins, and one that made it most popular, most famous was the one, the only from Legal AF podcast, Michael Popak with the Popak pop in. <laughs> Michael Popak, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Why am Why is my camera so dark? I don't know. But I, anyway, I don't know. I, don't know. I look how very are you, tan. sir. I'm very. I'm yeah, doing well, great, you know. Tony. Yeah, Tony, I'm Just, doing great. So, so I, I have a lot of questions for you. We wanted, I, I, I texted you yesterday and I said, Hey, this Manhattan DA thing is, is in the news. It's crazy. Um, so I had a lot of questions about the Manhattan DA's, um, what's going on in that office, because it seems like there's a lot of drama going on, if that's uh, fair to say. So let's start from the top. The Manhattan DA opened up a criminal investigation into the Trump organization, Correct. Yeah, they did both. They did. They did two things. The, mm-hmm. They worked in conjunction with the um, New York Attorney General, Letitia James's office, which is on the civil side. 
Correct. Work working in conjunction with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, which was originally Cy Vance, who retired, and then now Alvin Bragg since January 1st. And they were working for the last year and a half, um, overlapping in conjunction, people from the Manhattan DA's office working closely with the civil lawyers at the New York Attorney General's office. And we know what Letitia James has been doing because she has been filing in court hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages that explain where she is in the various fraud, civil fraud investigations that she has been conducting on the same issues. But that's very typical for a civil, right? Uh, To to file that many documents in court. Is that, is that very typical? Well, not exactly. I think she's been more conscientious about the documentation that she has filed to both justify the investigation and to respond through the court system to the media blitz that the Trumps and the Trumplets right. and all the Trumpers, you know, all his tweets. And she feels compelled, and I don't blame her, to put to put together a, a shed load of material. Mm-hmm. That's a legal term. And file it. <laughs> Not a shitload, a shed no, load. No, shed. A shed okay, load. Well, I would, I would say shitload, but, you know. <laughs> a shitload of material. Yeah, that's right and, that's right. and you know, you don't know all the internal confidential investigatory methods right. she's using right. but you know the results that they're focused on the financial statements that they're focused on um improper fraudulent inflation of his assets deflation of his assets in order to secure tax abatements inflation of his assets in order to borrow money that's all front and center and she's about to get the deposition of Donald Trump and of uh Donald Jr and of Ivanka because the New York Superior, sorry, Supreme Court justice that's responsible for this has ordered that they appear. Now, he's taken a uh, Trump has taken an appeal to the first department, first level appeal here in Manhattan. And, we, and he's going to lose that and he's going to have to right. sit for a deposition. Now, that's everything related to the New York um, attorney general who sits in Albany at, and our state capitol. And that's the civil side of it, not the that's criminal the civil side. side. She hasn't been conducting mm-hmm. a criminal side and Trump wants her to conduct a criminal side because then he'll take, you know, he wants her to drag him into the grand jury, but she's right. not conducting the grand jury. Manhattan district attorney's office, which is for most people understand that's been the model for every law and order episode is based on the Manhattan <laughs> district right. attorney's office. Right. We had a change in guard at the Manhattan DA's office. So who that was had, who was who was the original DA that, that Cy, opened this case? Cyrus Vance. Okay, who comes from a long, well-considered political family, um, starting with his father. And Cy Vance, you know, people have their own problems with Cy Vance, but I always thought that Cy uh, was on the right side of justice, and he opened the the criminal investigation. He hired Mark Pomerantz who's the special prosecutor I'm going to talk about with you next, who Mm -hmm. resigned in February. He hired the other, there were two special prosecutors. Mark Pomerantz was 70 and came out of retirement to do this full time for a year and a half with Cy Vance. Cy Vance allowed them to develop their evidence, working with special investigators, talk to witnesses and open up a special grand jury in order to present the evidence to get an indictment. Right at the moment, where they weren't really ready to go into the grand jury yet for the full indictment. They had witnesses going into the grand jury. The, the, the um, 
time period for the grand jury expired. Cy Vance extended it, knowing that he'd be leaving office in January, to give the new sheriff in town, the new mm-hmm. uh, attorney, uh, uh, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, time to make his own prosecutorial decision about whether to continue. Because when you inherit a prosecution, fundamentally, you still have to make your own decision as to whether you, because the buck stops with you, whether you are going to prosecute that case. So, he so, what, you're, so what you're saying is, is that Cy Vance couldn't force uh, Alvin no. Bragg, who is the new DA, to prosecute. In other words, once that once the, the sword is passed, uh, uh, you know, now it is Bragg's sword. In other words, what, one thought you got it exactly right. The only other wild hair here, wild card here mm-hmm. is that there is one other person. Mm-hmm. That can influence a prosecution and a prosecutorial de- decision. Other than a, the DA. In a way, other than the DA. And that is the person that's sitting behind the plaque that says governor of the state of New York. Oh, okay. I see. So, Ka- so, so Kathy Hochul, who's our uh, act, she's not even acting. She's our, she's our governor of New York. She's running, she's running for election. She has already been apprised of this. She has the right to replace attorney generals. Uh, mm-hmm. And and Manhattan and district attorneys for the different counties. She can so, replace. So what them. you're saying? Well, so what you're saying is she can just she can just pull a mulligan on Bragg. She can do one of two things. She can. She's already met with him about the case. That's mm-hmm. been reported to the media. Gotcha. She can give him a warning and say, "Tell me, present the case to me. I want to understand the case." Mm-hmm. If the governor says, Alvin. With all due respect, you should be prosecuting this case and you should be bringing this to the grand jury. And Alvin says, I don't want to. She has two choices. She can either replace him, meaning she takes away the will of the people because he was elected with a very high percentage by the people of the city of New York in Manhattan to be the DA there. She can say, I'm going to replace you on this case and I'm going to assign a new prosecutor in a new county to handle the case because I don't think you're doing your job or I could fire you. And he knows that he's, he's been told and she, and it's been reported in the media that when, when somebody interviewed her three weeks ago and said, well, governor, you have the power to remove the prosecutor, right? If you don't like the job they're doing. And her response was very diplomatic, but very chilling. She said, <laughs> I am well aware of the powers of the governor. Uh, if you're right. Alvin Bragg, that's not a great, <laughs> Right. You know, that's like an owner of an NFL team about a coach, you know, when they say, well, the coach's record is terrible. Are you going to keep him? I'm well aware of my powers <laughs> right, as right. the owner of the right. team. That's not I know great. I know his record and I know I know that I can fire that person. <laughs> right. right. Other words. So so but now Alvin, here's some let me wrap it up quick here because you want to get to Mark Pomerantz. February the 23rd, there was a bombshell mm-hmm. in the Trump investigate criminal investigation through the manhattan da's office in that the two special prosecutors who were deputized by al by cy vance and inherited by alvin bragg mm-hmm. resigned and they didn't just resign quietly they resigned noisily mm-hmm. they did not release their resignation letter they did not leak their resignation letter right. which i ha- i have part of it that i'll show here I, I well it's been the new york times has a copy of it not right. from pomerantz but has a copy of it and ran with the story last night we suspected so karen uh friedman agnifilo my right. other mm-hmm. co-anchor on legal af mid- midweek who worked as the number two under cy vance in the manhattan da's office we did a whole 
Twitter spaces back on February 23rd when this bombshell came out, where we were shadow boxing and speculating a little bit about what that letter of resignation said. But we said what, what has happened, which it was the death knell for the prosecution, no matter what Alvin Bragg said three days after the resignations, where he said, no, no, I'm not killing the prosecution. I'm reassigning it to some career prosecutors in our office, and we're still on the case. Nobody really believes that. Right. Everybody believes that if Pomerantz had walked out the door, we didn't know exactly why on that day. It was for some really good reason where they had crossed the line of his moral and professional um, uh, boundaries, and he decided he couldn't take it anymore and left. Now we've gotten the letter. I don't know if you want to put up a little bit yeah, of, of uh, it or well, read from it. Yeah, let's see if we can. Um, uh, let me pull this down here. Uh, yeah. it, this is this is from Pomerantz. Now, who who is Mark Pomerantz? So the yeah. audience is clear on this. So Mark Mark Pomerantz is a supremely well respected sort of a lion of the bar in the mm -hmm. in the city of New York has been for the last forty years. He is a white collar criminal defense guru, former prosecutor. He, a short list. If you if you ever need, I sound like I'm doing an ad for Mark Pomerantz. <laughs> right. Short, <laughs> short list. If you ever got in trouble with the federal or state government on a prosecutorial side and needed a lawyer by your side, Mark Pomerantz would be on your list. He would. He can't. He was retired. He came out of retirement because Cy Vance asked him to take on this very important role of being the lead prosecutor in the office for Trump. So, you know, we thought when Mark Pomerantz came on the case, that was terrible news for Trump because right. Pomerantz is a pit bull and he's known about it. Now, there's one other interesting link the media has sort of glossed over, but I'm going to break it here on your show. You ready? Fuck him, Tony. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Let's break right. it. So so Ron Fischetti, who is the lawyer for Don Trump, Donald mm -hmm. Trump, and who constantly tweets out like Trump about there's no merit to the case, there's no merit to the case. Why are they prosecuting this? He was a law partner of Pomerantz about 20, 25 years ago. So these two so they know, know each, each other. other. Mm -hmm. They know each other really well. They were law partners. I don't know why they're no longer law partners, but they but they're law partners. So they're these two lions sort of, you know, fighting it out over here. Um, but um, I think that uh, you want to put the letter back up. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you want to quote from part of it about because this is, and I want to tell your your listeners and followers, this is not normal. It is not normal for the prosecutor to put in his departing resignation letter that he believes there is sufficient evidence. Why? Why he, is that not normal? Why is that because, not normal? A prosecutors don't resign in protest because right. their cases aren't being prosecuted, and when that happens, they don't write detailed letters that because that'll become evidence one day that'll be used with the defense. So what unless, you're saying is this is possible evidence. We're looking at possible evidence that could be used in a trial. Is what you're saying? Well, no, but it'll be used by Freshetti to argue to a judge that the case either has no merit or that that there's a Pomerantz has some sort of axe to grind. I see, it'll, I see. It'll be used against the prosecution, which is why prosecutors don't usually write it. I think Pomerantz wrote it. A, he's no dummy. He knows it was going to leak out at some point. I don't think he did it, but certainly one degree or two degrees moved from Mark Pomerantz. He sort of looked the other way and let it get out to the New York Times. Why? Because it, it's because it hasn't leaked for several weeks, though. I mean, like no, this for a has month. Been under, right, right. Almost mm -hmm. for, uh, for a full month. But here it says quite clearly, Donald Trump has committed crimes under the New York penal law related to his financial dealings. I, as a prosecutor, believe that we can make out beyond a reasonable doubt that he is guilty of crimes. He needs to be prosecuted. 
And Alvin Bragg, your decision, with all due respect, you know what comes next when somebody says, with all due respect, <laughs> with all due respect, Alvin, your good faith belief that there's not enough evidence to support this prosecution, you're wrong. And this case should be prosecuted. And I am resigning in protest. As it says here, I therefore resign effective immediately. Good luck to you, Alvin. And right. I think this is now leaked with that. And the governor issue that we just talked about is going to put pressure on Alvin Bragg to, to, to do something about prosecuting Trump. But then What's Freshetti going to say? The Trump the Trump defense lawyer? Oh, this is political. This is because he got pressure because the New York Times article judge. This whole thing is a charade. It should be dismissed. This so will is, that make a big difference, though? Will that make a big can. difference? It, it could. Uh, and and who who will that make a difference to? To a judge or to the judge? Or, right. And to and judge. what what step is that? Because we're not talking about going straight to a jury and you know them having this 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 charade. It would go to a judge first, right? I mean, a well, yeah, judge the, would make the, some of those decisions the, there's, first. There's exactly right, Tony. There's two ways to do it, and the one way I don't think will be that successful because they've tried it before, where they file a motion mm -hmm. for injunction to stay the continued investigation and prosecution, even though there's been no indictment. So pre-indictment, they go run into this judge and say, judge, look at this, look at the circus that's been created by Mark Pomerantz and, and this letter and the New York Times article. The whole thing should be dismissed and you should stop, issue an injunction to stop the Manhattan DA's office from going any further in the investigation. I don't think that's going to work. Mm -hmm. But what will happen is if Alvin Bragg now... You know, to continue our inappropriate sports analogies and metaphors, <laughs> starts hearing footsteps mm -hmm. and decides, hmm, maybe I should prosecute this case right. And, right. and brings it to the grand jury with the new prosecutor because Pomerantz is out and never coming back. This was Napalm on the bridge. He's never coming back to that office. Which his work, uh, his work stays, though, right? I mean, all the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stays, yeah, but he'll never come he, back. Right. He'll, he'll never come back to this situation no, because no. of this letter that he's written. So let's say that. So this is step two. This is uh, scenario two. They, they go with the new prosecutor. Mm -hmm. They bring the full evidence now. They make the presentation and they get the grand jury to indict, which frankly, they're going to be able to get an indictment. There's an old joke about any prosecutor worth his salt could indict a ham sandwich. And that's kind of what Pomerantz might be saying. Is that what he's saying yeah. here? Or is he going I way can, beyond yeah, that? He's, give it to me. Let me get, let me in coach. I can get the right. indictment with the grand jury. Right. Why are you hesitating? Why are you pausing? And and Alvin, unfortunately, he he was a popular pick in the when he was elected, but he's just done terrible. Ter he's shown terrible, terrible political judgment and professional judgment since January. It started with his first day memo, which he sent out and said people were all able to interpret as "I'm going to be light on crime," which is a terrible. <laughs> you got Mayor Adams who just got elected. On, I'm going to be tough on crime. I'm a former right. a former cop, and I need to clean up this city. I got to be Batman. In this and then city. you have the DA, uh, Har the the Harvey Dent, as it were, not the being Harvey the Harvey like not not being the Harvey Dent, right? Right, right. I mean, when did I move to Gotham? I didn't realize I, that well, it happened. You know, right. right. So that was a terrible, and that literally was on his first day, and he's gone downhill ever since. And now you got the governor who's got to worry about her own political fortunes. Because right. she's a Democrat, even though mm -hmm. she's a conservative Democrat. And I think she's going to have another, her chief of staff's going to call another meeting with Alvin Bragg after this New York Times article. We may or may not hear about that meeting, but I think we will. And then we got to worry that if they get the indictment, it's been so dented and scratched that when it goes before a judge, 
it's going to give Freshetti mileage to argue that the whole thing should be thrown out on a motion to dismiss. Well, and 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 I want to I want to add one more thing to this letter. And I don't know if Pomerantz knows this or not about our show, but he really should have added at the end of this letter, fuck him. You know, I, I'm just I'm just saying that maybe maybe we could, uh, you know, scratch that in here and make a graphic here where it says fuck him, because that's basically what he's saying in this letter is like, look, you have the evidence. He's done crime. It's clear cut. All of our work shows this. We will be able to not only not only slam dunk this. Uh, I mean, he wouldn't. Uh, basically write this letter because my understanding is is when a when a prosecutor uh, uh, which he is the special assistant district attorney here in this letter that's his title um when a when a prosecutor leaves like this they do not write letters where they're like there's evidence there's a crime and the reason why i'm i'm leaving is because there's a crime normally it's like some kind of you know soft-handed oh well thanks for having me but i've got you know i need to spend more time i need to spend more time with my family i'm going on vacation whatever whatever the hell it is no he went and just to continue our legal af uh overlap Mm -hmm. um uh, crossover episode here he's gone even further tony he's not saying i know i would have gotten the indictment in front of the grand jury which Mm -hmm. is not on the same standard as having to prove your case it's not beyond a reasonable doubt um, it's it's a different it's a lower standard of evidence proof when you're just getting the indictment. He's saying not only would I get the indictment, but if I tried this case in front of a jury, mm-hmm. it is beyond a reasonable doubt that criminal felonies have been committed by the former president of the United States, and you're not letting me do my job. Yeah, because that's the, what this letter says. Well, because the, the first quote on this part of the letter, I fear that your decision, which he's talking to Bragg, means that Mr. Trump will not be held fully accountable for his crimes. Meaning, and and that's the that's what you're saying is he's saying here he will he can be held fully accountable if you would just do your fucking right. job. That's and he calls it and he calls it crimes. He doesn't right. say he's not pulling punches. He's not saying. Uh, potential crimes, uh, right. indicted crime, indicted right, right. charges. He's saying right. crimes. crimes. The guy Period. committed crimes. <laughs> Period. And, and you're right. You normally do not say. Prosecutors are usually more circumspect, more cautious, more. But but not when you're leaving. When you're leaving, it's right. like you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Just kick everything over. Uh, let go. me drop my drawers and really tell you what I feel. And and not, and to your point about it, should say fuck him at the end. When I was a younger lawyer. Mm-hmm. starting my career and there still were fax machines tony do you know what a fax machine is i i i have seen one of these uh, archaic things before yet no uh, i know what a fax machine is yet. okay when i was in high school i won't even go into it it oh. was a roller yeah and you right. actually rubber banded the piece of paper around the roller and you stuck it in a cradle <laughs> okay that was a fax machine but back in the day you would write the old joke was uh, if you were a lawyer you would write something like a fax a one-line fax that said fuck you letter to follow oh oh so that's like the that's like the intro the 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 cover page as it were yes you're right. <laughs> letter, letter letter to follow right and so right. that that's sort of this except the letter did follow and the new york times and doing you know again just to remind everybody why we love well why we enjoy democracy why we enjoy the first amendment and the constitution why it's so important because it's papers like the guardian the new york mm-hmm. times and other uh, investigative reporting institutions that bring these things to light, that shine sunshine on these cesspools, 
which right. will lead to look what some I don't know exactly what it's going to be. You and I have laid out some scenarios. Something is going to happen, cause and effect, because the Pomerantz letter was published yesterday on the digital version of the New York Times. Well, I appreciate you joining us. And and one one more thing before we go. Um, how long is a DA's term when they're elected to the Manhattan DA's? Because it seems to me that maybe Mr. Bragg, if he does make it through um, his coach not firing or the owner not firing the coach, it does seem that he might have a very bad chance of winning in. So how long is Mr. Bragg's term? Yeah, I think it's four years. I, it, right. It's not six. I think it's four. He's up every four. Look, I, I followed that race very closely. He was not mm-hmm. my choice, just so right. to be mm-hmm. clear. Lucy Lang, who is now the Inspector General, the okay. Office of Inspector General for the entire state of New York, selected by Governor Hochul, was my choice. She was also in that office. Um, and she came in a very, very close fourth. It was it was um, uh, ranked voting for the first time in the in the city of New York. So you got to rank your people. And she lost by, you know, a handful of votes there. But Alvin won. Alvin had a lot of support. He had the chops. It's not right. that he's not qualified. He is qualified. He's been a state prosecutor. He's been a federal prosecutor. He's worked in prosecution most of his life and he was very well respected. He left his brass ones at the front door when he when he crossed into the office. Back to the sports analogy, he whiffed on this one. Let's just say that he whiffed. Uh, and and he, and and the people have been scratching. I have to tell you, people have been scratching their head about Alvin Bragg, and not with joy. It's not like I'm happy that right. the first black Manhattan district attorney in 200 years is not doing well. I wanted him to do well, but if you have eyes and ears. It's would, hard to right, right. it's hard not to criticize the things that he's done. It, some of it's been political. He he's been a terrible PR machine for himself, and mm-hmm. that means he's not surrounding himself with the right people who will who will guide him in that right direction. And some of it is his own judgment. I mean, he knew Mark Pomerantz was not going to be happy about about uh, ending the prosecution. He knew that Mark was going to leave and probably noisily. How did right. he handle that? Not well. All right. Well, I appreciate you joining us. Appreciate you giving this breakdown of what's happening in the Manhattan DA's office. And everyone, go download Legal AF both episodes a week. There's the Wednesday episode that you do with KFA, and then the the weekend uh, episode that you do with Ben Mizellis. Uh, Download that wherever you download podcasts, or go to the Midas Touch uh, YouTube channel. You can watch it. You can watch it there if you wanna if you wanna watch. Um, the legal. I want to do a crossover episode now that you're part yeah. of the Midas Mighty I'm, yeah. and a Midas platform. I want to do a crossover episode where you come on our show. Yeah, sure. I, I would be happy to come um, yeah. give my uh, fuck em style breakdown of the law, even though I'm not, you know, an attorney or a lawyer. I would. No, I but would you're. <laughs> I would definitely. You're, you're a very good what they what, the, what they would call you in mm-hmm. uh, in London overseas is you're a very good presenter. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I appreciate which, that, which we like. All right, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna run, but uh, hey, hey, you, you, this is it. You got, you you got it. Breaking news: We didn't even do the legal AF version of this story yet. So well, you got it first. I'll, I'll cut this out. We'll try to clip it up. Maybe we can get uh, the suits over at Midas Touch to put it somewhere, and uh, that way Good. everyone can watch. Everyone, stick around right after the break. Thanks, Michael Popak. We'll welcome. talk to you Thank soon, you. my friend. Bye, Tony. We'll be right back, Mark. 60 seconds. This is the Tony Michaels Podcast.
Are you annoyed by masks infringing on your rights? Do you wish you didn't have to comply with Biden's communist mask mandate? Are you tired of wearing masks that actually fit your face? Well, now you don't have to be. Introducing the Droop. With our patented Droop technology, every mask is uniquely molded to not fit your face. Just send us a selfie and we'll have one of our Droopists mold the mask for you elastic free. Thanks to the Droop, I don't even need to pull my mask down anymore. It just sags that way. The Droop lets you customize from a selection of pre-worn masks, lipstick stains included. Make sure to order your Droop today. Droop, be the spread you want to see in the world. Catch Tony's Twitch stream, The Shit List Roundup, at twitch.tv slash the Tony Michaels. We're back to the king of brilliance. This is the Tony Michaels Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the show. Thanks for hanging with us through the break. Michael Popak from Legal AF gives us a breakdown of what is happening at the Manhattan DA's office in New York when it pertains to the criminal investigation of Donald Trump, his family, and his criminal organization that he calls the Trump Organization. Uh, of course, uh, uh, you heard Popak break down that there's not just a criminal investigation, there's also a civil investigation inside the New York Attorney General's office, but also gives us a breakdown of what could happen with Mr. Bragg of who could, you know, uh, put me in coach, take him out, put him in, uh, sign a special prosecutor. There's all sorts of options here for Donald Trump to still be held accountable. Um, I think I think this is a, a an important story in our justice system. Uh, you know, if this doesn't fucking piss people off out there, that shows that celebrities, famous people, politicians, rich folk, pretend billionaires get a little special treatment than what the average folk get out there. I don't know what will what will convince you. Um, this is the um you know going on uh, a lot of people were commenting uh, as we were talking there with popak um we get uh, thank you for joining us everyone's here holy moly we got a lot of folks here from facebook again we 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 go live every single weekday noon eastern 11 central right here on youtube twitter and twitch and now we're on the midas touch facebook page live really live like this microphone's on right now. I'm talking into it. You're hearing it. That's how live it is. Now, we have an interview coming up this afternoon that we... It, now, our, some of our interviews are pre-recorded. I will tell you that. So you'll see you'll see when we uh, do the interview with Bad Brad Berkwit, the host of the Bad Brad Berkwit show, I'll change clothes. And the reason why is because we record a lot of those extended interviews. That way, Gabe, our executive producer and co-host, can uh, do the editing and make it all look fancy. You know, stuff that I can't do live. I, I mean, I try. I try to do the fancy thing with the with the titles and the and the cuts and the go to this and go to that. You know, I try. But I'm not the greatest producer in the world. I'm the host and the producer here. So I'm trying to do both things at once. But but that's why we record some of these interviews. And today we have Bad Brad Berkwit. Last week we had Anthony Scaramucci, the Mooch, 
You go watch all those interviews on the YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you want to go back and re-watch some of those episodes. Just go to thetonymichaels.com or search The Tony Michaels Podcast on YouTube. And you can also go to Twitch. We're over there as well. Now, Twitch is a little different story. You know, the videos don't stay up there the whole time. They do on YouTube. They live forever, as the internet says. The interwebs say, that's the quote, I guess. You put it on the internet, it lives forever. So like, subscribe, share, give us a thumbs up, retweets, you know, whatever whatever, whatever, whatever social media platform you're on. And speaking of uh, uh, retweets, also follow us on Twitter, at Tony Michaels Pod. We will have the Bonehead of the Week poll this afternoon. We're waiting till this afternoon because we know they're just... <laughs> uh, with, this, with this Judge Brown-Jackson hearings, we know there's going to be some boneheads that are going to pop up. We just want to make sure we give everyone their fair shot. All the boneheads get a fair shot here. That's what we want. We want everyone to have equality and equity in the Bonehead of the Week poll. So go follow at Tony Michaels Pod. If you're on Twitter, you'll be able to vote this afternoon. We'll tweet that out uh, for Bonehead of the Week. And then tomorrow, in the second hour of the show, on Fridays, that's when we do this, on Fridays, on the second hour of the show, we do Bonehead of the Week where we break down your vote. You voted and we break down the vote. Why those uh, boneheads were on the poll and then the dishonorable mention, and if we have an alpha cuck that day. Well, look, looky here, we have uh, Gabe, our executive producer and co-host, joining us. Gabe, how are you? Good. Yeah, well, you? I was just talking about Bonehead of the Week. We're trying to figure out. Oh, boy. It's, it's going to be really difficult this week. I feel these... like you've got Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham, uh, Josh, Josh Holly, Marsha I mean, Blackburn. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it just uh, keeps going on and on. Yeah. And we only we only have three. We right. only have three. And a lot of people, you know, for all those uh, people out there that are just new listeners, it gets kind of confusing with the poll, bonehead poll. We we do three for a reason. We don't want to have too many because we got to kind of constrain it for the show. And everyone always wants to all of the above. We've kind of went through this before where we yeah. do like we. You know, we have three, and then everyone wants a all of the above selection, like a four. That's selection. not how it works. We can't and do it. The problem is, is all of the above would always win, like right. always. There would yeah. never be a situation where all of the above doesn't win. Mm-hmm. I mean, I that's my that's my perspective of it. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's an easy. I don't want to call it a cop out, but it's an easy uh, selection to be like, oh, they're all bad. It's like, yes, we know they're all bad and we <laughs> know they're why, boneheads. Right. This is we why want on the list. you to tell us which is the worst or rather the best <laughs> bonehead uh, at the end of it. So yeah, it would be easy to just be like, all right, cool. Yeah. All of them, but no, no, no. We want you to select one. And yes, I know it's difficult. Right. It is hard. Right. There are difficult choices we have to make in life, and this is definitely not the most difficult there is, but just pick one, please. Well, and, and sometimes it's really hard for us to decide, like, who to put on, because I kind of leave it up to you a lot of times, like, mm-hmm. what who you want to be on the list. Yeah. Um, Cause because who knows? I, we only got two other slots, too. We've got dishonorable mention. Right, we've also exactly. Got alpha cuck, so. and, and sometimes sometimes it's clear who the alpha cuck is, right? Right. Like, right now, I might say Josh Hawley right. is the alpha cuck. Absolutely. You know? 100%. Uh, he definitely is is in the running for Alpha Cuck. That's why you might not see him on the. You might go to the Bonehead of the Week poll 
be like, what the fuck? Where is Senator Josh? I can't figure out how to kiss my wife, Holly. <laughs> Where is he in this list? And right. he may just be the alpha cuck of the week. You never know. Yeah. Because we have the dishonorable mention and we have the alpha cuck. Right. Um, and the reason why we added those past the poll is because what we found out is this new cycle of boneheads happens so quickly that sometimes, like, by the time we get to the second hour on Friday, we're like, well, we need two more slots to right. talk about these idiots. <laughs> so we created these two, uh, like, wild cards that we could just throw in there so that everyone knows that, hey, we didn't forget about this moron. Yeah. There's technically five people right, in right. the race right now. Right. Two of them just got an automatic medal for something. Right, and exactly. then the other three are actually competing against each other. Right, right, so. and and you guys get to vote. That's the you know that's what I like about the bonehead since we started mm -hmm. it is that it's like practicing voting, right? Like, right. yeah, you're voting for shitheads, but you're voting for <laughs> who is the shittiest of the shitheads. Right, so it's, it's just the practice. opposite when you actually vote. You don't want right, to vote in right, the shithead. Right, right, exactly. Just right. look at it and be like, oh, gotta do the opposite. Gotta, gotta go, gotta, gotta make sure I don't vote for the bonehead on right. this ballot right. right now. Right, right. Don't do the bonehead of the week voting when you're actually on an actual ballot. But right. it is, it is practice for democracy, right? Right, like, right, exactly. Like we want to be democratic here, and we go by the vote. Everyone knows the votes out there. We go by it. Whoever yeah. ends up winning is the winner. Sometimes we've been surprised by the winner, but most of the time yeah. we're like, eh, that's not really a surprise. Yeah, though, a couple of weeks ago we did have one. It was 0.1% right. different. Who was it? Was... It was DeSantis and who was it? DeSantis. Oh. It's hard to keep track of these these races. Uh, was it DeSantis and Trump is who it, I think that's uh, who it was. It may, no. Mm, hold on. Let me. I'm looking <laughs> it up right now. It is tough, and and um, Gabe always finds the best pictures. So if you're <laughs> listening out there to the podcast, if you are a, a podcast listener on the directories, whether you're on Apple or Spotify or Google or iHeartRadio, whichever directory you listen to the right. podcast on, don't forget to leave a five-star review, by the way. But yeah. if you are listening out there, what you miss is the great pictures that Gabe finds sometimes of these people, like Marjorie Taylor Greene or Donald Trump or right. Ron DeSantis. Um, so you might want to make sure that you don't miss the episode on Fridays because it's in the second hour, the bonehead on Friday. Mm -hmm. um, it, again, we start every single weekday, noon Eastern, 11 Central. The good news is if you miss it live, you can always come back and rewatch it on the YouTube channel. So don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. But yeah. all of you out there listening to the podcast, you should come watch at least that part of the week because yeah. – um, the, the images <laughs> that we have, <laughs> I, I only find the best images. Oh yeah. That's yeah. the best. I don't know what voice best. that was. That was like an attempt at Trump. And yeah, then it was like know. this, it was like Rhonda. It was like, you were trying to do a bad impersonation of Rhonda right. trying to do Trump. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe it was Don jr. Impersonating, uh, yeah. Rhonda Santis impersonating <laughs> Trump and you were impersonating. Right. Like, I mean, you know, anytime. All you got to know is whenever Don Jr. walks in the room, he's always like, Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe, Joe Biden. Do you think That's... he practices that in the mirror? Like, Yeah, I think so. I think he definitely like, because remember, I mean, the guy, you know, he he's skiing the slopes, you know, every morning. He's like, you know, going down those, <laughs> going down that fresh powder. And he's in the mirror and he's like, camera one, camera two, camera one, camera two. And then he's like doing their nostrils. He's like flaring. He's trying Blair to get the his... nostrils. And then I think he honestly looks at it and he's like, okay, cool. 
All right, we got this. this. Looks I, great. I look totally, I look totally sane. And then he's like, <laughs> and then he's like, Joe Biden, right? Joe, Joe Biden. That's the, the Jack that's Jaw. Do you think he notices that he has the the Jack you know, Jaw going? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He grinds his teeth or something. Most people on mm-hmm. certain drugs yes. don't always realize mm-hmm. they've got. Anything you going know, on? They got like, a, <laughs> yeah, nothing going on now. Uh, I can say maybe by experience, don't know uh-huh. uh, that grinding can happen. Okay, right. there's like teeth grinding, right? And I don't mm-hmm. know what it is, uh, but that is something that happens, and you're not always aware of it. Right. And um, unless someone calls you out and says it, it, I think it, it, it's like a subconscious thing that happens, like some right. Sort of well, but, I, I yeah. I've never done cocaine. Well, I mean, right. knowingly, like that I know of. <laughs> I mean, I I I've I've been young before. Right, and, you right, know, right. there are sometimes you are inebriated at a party, and maybe there was, maybe there wasn't. I not I do not know that I have ever done cocaine, coke. Um, yeah. I have participated in some other you know recreational activities, right, but right, never yeah. but never cocaine specifically. So yeah. I don't know exactly the effects that it has on you. Um, but Don Jr. seems to have more than normal effects that someone who just recreation. I, I mean, you know, there's there's abuse and there's recreational right. use a lot of times. Yeah. Well, I can I can say from recreational use of uh-huh. said uh, drug cocaine, yeah. <laughs> cocaine. Uh, please, no one arrest me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that, you're well past the statute of limitations. Yeah, well, am I? It was yesterday. No, uh, <laughs> no, but what I will say is, yeah, there's uh, uh I, I, I personally am not affected as much as other people. Uh, just mm-hmm. the way that my body is, it's very odd with like stimulants, like same way, same way when I took um, ADHD medication and other things, right, it was just right. like you know. Is what it is. Which which is Ritalin, right? Which is kind of like well, there's a... different medicate. There's like non-stimulant and there's stimulant. Mm-hmm. So you could mm-hmm. take yes, Ritalin is one form, and there are other. There's Concerta and Sutera. There's like a ton of other ones out there now um, that you can take. I no longer take it anymore. I've just learned to you know cope with my uh, my ADHD and my random mm-hmm. what you know kind of right. uh, squirrel. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but it, it's one of those things where. Like, I know people, you know, they're like, oh, I get the drain, which is like it, you know, like mucus will f- fall back, you know, and it'll be, get like drainy and they'll get mm-hmm. nasally congested. Uh, you know, one one nose versus the other gets stuffy, you know, especially the morning after. Uh, <laughs> it, there's like a lot of things that happen, but yeah, it sounds uh, like sounds like a lot of side effects. And it seems like it seems like uh, Don Jr. It's not really a side effect. It's more like a personality trait for this guy. Yeah. Like, no, here's the thing. Like it, I think Don, like Don Jr. Uh, is an asshole. Right. He's a, he's a complete douche. The drugs are not an excuse <laughs> for his behavior. Right, right. The, the drugs, drugs don't make him a douche. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's always he been drugs. a douche and an asshole. The drugs don't make him that way. The drugs, if anything, just kind of bump it up a little bit. And when I say bump, yes... I do mean bump. <laughs> so I think it just kind of like, you know, it's a little bit of a jolt, but it just like, it's just a little bit of an uh, amplification on his already uh, asshole behavior and, right. and personality. Right. right? He's so a terrible just, person. Just a coked up asshole is what yeah, he yeah, is yeah, yeah, at yeah. this point. Well, um, we actually go through some. You, you know what? I will say this. He gives cocaine a bad name. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. Do you think Coke likes him? Rep. Like his bag of Coke, he's like, hey, no, he, I think not Coke, good friends. No, I even, I think Coke looks at Don is like, oh, fuck, not again. Again, right? <laughs> and I think at the end of the day, if you were to have like a sit down interview with a bag of cocaine, the cocaine would be like, yeah, I've tried to get a restraining order. The guy is obsessed with me. We're talking stage five clinger, cannot get enough, is always pulling me out and doing what he wants with me. That's if I if I would imagine what cocaine would talk right. or like speak mm-hmm. about right now, that would probably be their feeling about Don Jr. Right. You know, very forceful so. and takes what he wants. I, I I think you're right. I think you're right. Speaking speaking of assholes, um, we talk about a lot of assholes in the interview with bad Brad Berkwood because um bad Brad Berkwood has a special way, a special New York way of saying things mm-hmm. um and talking about these assholes and dragging these assholes. Uh, through the mud and Mm -hmm. we are very excited to have bad brad on the show today um we've got the interview ready here and you actually went on bad brad show last week Uh, he did an interview so everyone go check out brad's youtube channel and you will find some very 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 um personal nuggets about gabe um you can find some he he gives he gives some things away that you might not know there are some things i didn't know about you um, yeah. To be honest, there's I, I, there's I, plenty more, you know, someday maybe we'll do an AMA and people right. can ask questions. Yeah, maybe. And then, uh, yeah. Well, uh, you know, I I was really disappointed that Brad did not ask you about your soda streaming habit. But <laughs> I I'm, I'm just, you know, I know I love soda stream. If someone wants us on the audience, I don't oh, know. I just know. rub my we, nose we, like that. Listen, if someone I wants to send, <laughs> I love it. Uh, if someone wants to send uh, us soda stream uh paraphernalia i don't want to say paraphernalia i'm just on this drug uh i I know well (laughs) is soda stream now like have you replaced your your cocaine habit with the soda stream is that yeah maybe you know maybe maybe we should send stuff to don jr maybe we could free up his his bag of cocaine well i'd be afraid that he might he might you know try to macgyver that into some other sort of like high intensity like like you know soda stream co2 injection carbonated coke right oh whoa that's crazy. Carbonated cocaine. Yeah. Right? And I, I don't know. I mean, I that know. technically was Coca-Cola beforehand, you know? Right. 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 Well, it was. So go check out that interview. Again, he doesn't he doesn't ask about your soda stream habit, but <laughs> go check out the interview. There's a lot of a lot of things about Gabe that you may not know that you want to know. Definitely for sure want to know. So go check out that interview on Bad Brad's uh, uh, YouTube channel, Brad, Bad Brad Berkwitz Show. Uh, the Rings, he's the CEO of Ringside Report. Uh, so go check out his website at ringsidereport.com. Stick around right after this break. We will interview Bad Brad right after this break. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Mark, 60 seconds. This is the Tony Michaels Podcast. Fellow Patriots. What would you do if there was a Trump supporter right in front of you, crying in pain because they have to live under communist tyranny? We know what you would do. You'd reach out and give that true American a hand. Now, here's your chance. For only $50 a day, you can help us help those true Americans recover from Biden's socialist reign of terror. These are those Trump supporters, and this is that moment. Send your donation via Venmo to the real president, Donald J. Trump. It's only $50 a day. Recurring. 
And it means you'll get these Trump supporters the critical help they so desperately need to survive under this false regime. Please donate now, because those Trump supporters you just saw can't wait another moment. Catch Tony's Twitch stream, The Shit List Roundup, at twitch.tv slash the Tony Michaels. We're back to the king of brilliance. This is the Tony Michaels Podcast. Welcome back from the break, everyone. Appreciate it uh, sticking with us. We have a special guest today, Bad Brad Berkwit from the Bad Brad Berkwit Show. Brad, thank you for joining us. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks, Tony. Hey, Gabe. What's up, buddy? Hey. hey you Good. You? I'm doing well. Do, oh, we're, we're doing fantastic. I watched the uh, interview that uh, you did with Gabe. Um, just, Gabe, just Gabe who? Ga- Gabe, Gabe Sanchez. That the, is, uh, yeah, Gabe who. That's a good question. Yeah. Gabe who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that your last name, Gabe who? Gabe it, who? I should rebrand it to Gabe who. Gabe who, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just change it. I am Gabe who. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 enjoyed, I enjoyed the interview. There was a lot of things that uh, I learned about Gabe that I did not actually know um, from the interview, which is good. Um, you know, a lot of things that I'll probably hold against him. Uh, in the future. Yeah. So, you know, oh, yeah, absolutely. Why not? I, I kind of, you know, I kind of give him. Uh, wow. I spoke so highly of you. I know. I, I, know. I, did, I did see that part. I did. See, I actually. Knife right in my back. I actually <laughs> cut that part and I, I've been replaying that part over and over and over. You've been playing, yeah. you playing if you're kids. You'd be like, listen yeah. to this guy. Exactly. This guy respects exactly. Me. When he goes on his walks, right before he says, fuck him, he listens to you say, yeah. oh, he's a beautiful human being. Yeah. And he says, yeah, yeah. Very empathetic, fuck yes. them, right? So, so Brad, you do you do these three hundred and sixty interviews, and you've had you've had a lot. You had Mary Trump on your show, of course. You've had Anthony Scaramucci. That's kind of how uh, we got connected with Anthony is through you, and I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've done you've done a lot of other big interviews, but not just in politics, in the world of boxing, because you had this website called Ringside Report, I believe it is. Yes, uh, and you came from the boxing world. But tell us, I, I enjoy your three hundred and sixty interviews. We're, we're more of the shoot the shit here. You, you're much more structured. So mm-hmm. tell us about those interviews. Tell us about yourself. Uh, introduce you. Introduce yourself to our audience. Okay. I was actually born a poor, non-loving Trump child. No. You know what movie that's from? <laughs> you know what, Gabe? You know what movie that's, right? Uh, that's the Jerk, Nathan, right? The Jerk. Remember the Jerk? Oh, from yeah. The, yeah, right from the media, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Steve Martin. So... You, you hit on it with the boxing stuff. Uh, first and foremost, I'm a New Yorker. If you can't mm-hmm. pick that up in the, in the forget about it, right. in the pinky ring. And I do that shtick because I don't want people to ever think that I'm from Northwest Indiana. <laughs> Only here because my better half, Debbie, got a job working at British Petroleum in White, Indiana. But the minute she retires, I'm pulling up with the dogs in the U-Haul truck and we're getting the F out of here. I'm trying not to curse too early into the thing. No, but, no, you can curse all you oh, want. Oh, oh, I know. Oh, I know. So, I know. So are you are you going back to Florida then? Is that the is that the I don't know. I, I would love to go to go back to New York, but I'm trying to stay away from cold weather. So actually it's funny you said that because on the way back from I, I took Debbie to PT today. Mm-hmm. On the way back, she was like, you know, we need to figure out where we're gonna retire to after this. And we're like, Texas is out because Abbott and all them are such assholes, even though it's about 10, 15 years down the road. But we have to see where these states are at at that right. point. 
So right, right. I'm not sure where we're going to so, watch so, California, so that, baby. What? That's and true. we talked about California. The only thing is with California is so ridiculously, as you know, well, it's so expensive. I mean, yeah, I don't even understand why it's so damn expensive out there. I, I visited there in 2011, and it's just insane. But I'm not ruling it out because I do love California, and it's good for the entertainment industry. But you hit on it. You talked about boxing. Um, born in New York. Mm-hmm. Moved to Florida when my parents divorced when I was seven years old in 1975. Lived in Florida, lived in New York. That's the two biggest places before I joined the military uh, in 86. And you always hear me say 20 years and 28 days. Mm-hmm. And for your viewers that say, how the fuck is it 28 days, Brad? You're exaggerating. <laughs> no, let me explain it because I've had to explain it before. I came in September 2nd, 1986. Okay. And I retired September 30th, 2006. So on my DD-214 that all of these patriots that aren't, that don't know what a DDP <laughs> and attack the fucking capital on January 6th. Mm-hmm. It's what you get when you retire or you get out the military. 20 years and 28 days during the Gulf War with Papa Bush. I was in country. I was uh, flying missions. I wasn't a pilot, but I was flying classified missions. And then uh, the Iraq War, I was in the Pentagon under Papa uh, or under Bush Jr. So that's when you see me say war and peace. It was war and peace because you you guys know my line. If you don't, I'll say it for your viewers. For all those motherfuckers that attack the Capitol and that are not patriots who always want to talk about Colin uh, Kaepernick uh, offended us, which he did not offend me one bit as being a retired military. Most of those people, Tony, never even served in the fucking Salvation Army, right? let alone the United States Army. But they have an opinion on my service. And I don't speak for all veterans. I only speak for me. I know how this veteran feels and the shadow box behind me is my life in the military. So I, I come from a, a, um, a place that I can talk on these type of things where these people on Twitter or Marjorie Taylor, no, Bobart had Lieutenant Corporal. There's a fucking such thing. She took an officer rank and enlisted rank and put it together. So I, so I was a petty officer first class. So I think I'm going to be a rear admiral petty officer. <laughs> With that moron Bobo. So. There, there may have been there may have been someone who did a video about that. I don't know. It's oh, possible. It's possible you, Dave, yeah, of course, Dave yeah. did a video about. I just, it. Oh, I got I, it, I, yeah, I got it was a, a FaceTime call with uh, Bobo. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. We'll we'll, so send, then, we'll send that over. We'll send that. Ab- over. Absolutely, I gotta say. And then the boxing side was uh, my father, God rest his soul, turned me on to boxing. Mm-hmm. 1975 again when I was seven, and from 80 to 83, I was an amateur boxer uh, down in North Miami Beach, Florida. And I fought all over Florida and so on. We'll probably talk about that later on. I want to get ahead of you. But um, so that's where the boxing stuff comes in. And you're right, Tony. Like I said, the shirt award for you guys today there. The Heart of Boxing, uh, ringsidereport.com. But it's not just boxing anymore. Like Gabe talked about yesterday, and and I concurred. I never expected to be in the position that I am now. But when Trump got elected, Mm -hmm. I changed my show. I made a comeback um, in the height of covid and I went from strictly boxers to political people, entertainers, but more moving humanity forward, which is my tagline, and talking about Trump and what's going on in the country. So my, my show has done a, a complete 180 from all boxers. And I've, I've you know been in this game for 25 years. So I'm more set now going in the direction I am. Still love the sport of boxing. I don't like where it's went with all these bullshit pay-per-views or the Paul brothers fighting Floyd Mayweather, one of them, that's all, that's, as we say, it's a fugazi, it's all bullshit. That's not, Conor McGregor, <laughs> when Floyd fought Conor McGregor, went to 50-0, and 0, 
he carried him. The fight was fixed. It was a joke. So that's the boxing side. You got a Ringstar Report. But Ringstar Report as well is um, politics, world news, entertainment, social issues. And our hashtag, I got a very diverse writing team, is hashtag moving humanity forward. Like you guys are doing on your platform. That's what it's all about. Well, we appreciate it. And we appreciate you being in the fight for your yeah. service in the military and your service uh, to your country after. I, I, I think, I think um, some of the interviews you do are, are absolutely fantastic. You take deep dives um, into those interviews. I've, I've watched, I've went back and watched several. I actually, that's how I did a little bit of uh, research on um, Anthony Scaramucci is, is went and watched is went and watched your, your interviews that you had now um i, I want to get to a clip of your father because you brought up your father here a minute ago um and i think that might have a lot to do with um why you entered politics but before we get to tell me tell me wh what made you go from hey it's just strictly boxing because you were originally like a writer right not necessarily no, I, I, I still am i was a yeah i was a journalist i started in a game in 1997 so mm -hmm. 25 quarter century now um and I was writing about boxing. I made my bones doing boxing interviews. George Foreman, Kenny Norton, Chuck Wetner, you name Angelo Dundee, who trained Ali, who's behind you knocking out Sonny. Yeah, Lister. yeah. I want to. I want to ask about that story too. Yep, yeah. Yep. So yeah, I started there. I was always. I always fought for social issues, but I did it in my circles. I never mm -hmm. tolerated racism. I never tolerated discrimination against women and stuff like that. But I didn't get into the political side until. Donald fucking Trump. And I was like, I, mm. that's it. I can't do this no more. Like I said, COVID hit. It, and, uh, my dear friend, Marielle Trump said, hey, you got to do interviews on Zoom. Because I was doing them. Uh, I used to do them on the phone. Dude, I used to do them where I'd record them from cassette and type oh, them wow. back. It'd take hours. And if you had a wow. long interview, it's three hours of transcribing. So mm -hmm. then we went to, Debbie and I created the Bad Brad Berkwood show when we were in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And I was interviewing local MMA guys because I kind of branched out in MMA too, uh, boxing. But when COVID hit and I couldn't interview anybody anymore in the house because I had an office slash studio, my earlier shows was all fighters. I, I made the comeback with Mary. Mary was the one who said, hey, Brad, you got to do them on Zoom. And once you do Zoom or like this platform that you have, it opens right. up the world, which it did because as you guys have done, I've interviewed people in Scotland and England and Canada and right. in all over the United States. So this is the format that I'm going to stay in unless I ever get picked up and they put me in a studio somewhere and, you know, I don't edit, I don't do anything anymore. And I'm just in front of the camera, but that, that's how it, that's how it started for me to get into the political side. I couldn't, with COVID, I saw yeah. Trump on the TV every single fucking day, put a light up your ass and drink bleach and all the stupid <laughs> shit. Dr. Fauci, who I have much respect for get attacked because of Trump. That is what got me into the political part, the activism side was there mm. because of my father, which you'll show the clip. Yeah. That side was there fighting for uh, Native Americans, uh, speaking out on, on behalf of the African-American community. I'm in an interracial relationship. My son is, is biracial. Mm -hmm. So that's always been there, that part, because that's my dad and that's my mm, father right. and me. But the political side came with Trump. Right. Well, and I, I want to play this clip um, that shows your dad. Now, this is this is kind of a a famous clip in that it was in the movie milk. Correct. Is that our part of it was. Uh, yes. Yes. And I'll tell you, I'll 
tell you the story however you want me to. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about your dad before I play the clip, and then we'll play the clip, and then maybe you can tell the story about okay. how it came to be that you even knew that this was in the movie Milk. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about your dad. Okay. So my father, God rest his soul, stood five two. He was Joe Pesci. Before Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci. And that's the truth. My father. Everyone's going to see that in the clip. Yeah. You're dead. You're dead. Now his his name is Alvin, correct? Right. Alvin, Alvin Berkowitz. Yeah, yep. he he definitely is uh, predates Joe Pesci. Uh, like like I think they actually modeled a lot of Joe Pesci characters after your dad. Maybe. <laughs> well, um, my dad. Everyone acted. sees the clip to understand. Yeah. Well, my dad actually acted. He didn't make it big, big. I got mm -hmm. all those acting pictures in my house framed on the wall, but he didn't have the patience to deal with it and gave you notice. To get in a sag and all the ass kissing, and yeah. he went to Jerry Lewis, all kinds of stories doing that show. But he tried, he talked to Jerry Lewis, who was in charge one time. I think he might have been president of SAG, couldn't get in, so he left Hollywood. But he still had that little, you know, that, that Joe Pesci, you know, <laughs> you got something to say to me, you, you know, that type of stuff. So that clip, he took on Anita Bryant, who was very famous in the 1970s, mm -hmm. speaking, she was, she was against the gay community. My dad took on any cause, whether it was for back then. And he says in a clip, where do you see a Negro on this beach? Tell me. And in context, that was 1977. So that's what, you know, back in 77, they would say the word Negro. Now we say African-Americans. But he fought for African-American rights. He fought for gay rights. And that clip is Anita Bryant. Took her on. They kicked her ass on Miami Beach. They had a thing that they were trying to say, if a teacher is gay and teaches your student, your, your kid is going to turn gay, which is absolutely mm -hmm. insanity. That the sounds pretty wanna... similar to what's going on right now. Like, right. That's in, 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 Flor in Florida, yes. believe yes. it or not. Yes. That's the craziest yes. part. It's and full circle I, here. And yeah, and if, right, full circle. And the one thing I do want to tell you, viewers, that is a smack in the face of Anita Bryant, if you don't know her story, her granddaughter just married a woman. So that's like a kick in her ass for hating the gay community. <laughs> and she's still talking shit. So that, that's the clip of my dad. Now, yes, they took a piece of it and put it in the movie Milk. So what happens in 2009, my dad had been uh, – he had been dead then 11 years because he died in 98. Mm -hmm. So I get a call from the West Coast. I said, hey, I'm pretty sure your father's in milk. I'm like, how could he be in milk? Because he, he's passed away. I never thought public footage because, guys, I didn't know about this clip. I had, so you, I knew, so you didn't know this existed before, I didn't know that before he was it was in, in the movie? No. I, I, I was there when he fought against Anita Bryant. Right. And I knew about that. I knew when he would protest, he had the signs and all that. Excuse me, but I didn't know about the clip. So somebody else hits me up and says, hey, I'm telling you, your dad is in this movie. Here's about the time, whatever it was. I said, right. okay, kid you not, you can't make this up. I'm living in Virginia, and I come downstairs to, to get something out of the refrigerator. It's about 1.30, 1.40 in the morning, and I turn on the TV. And you cannot make this shit up, HBO, and boom, the clip starts because he wasn't the only one in the, in the public domain the, the footage they use it was Ray, it was Jerry Brown, Ronald Reagan when he was governor, my dad, and then some other schmuck. And actually, the guy that's talking at the end, my dad lit that guy up, but you, that's the footage you don't see. I got other footage. <laughs> so, being in the media, I reached out to somebody and they gave me a name of the guy that his name was, it still is, he's still alive, Ken Rabin. And he actually took that public footage. Because the first thing I said, you get paid for it. I'm like, it's public footage. You can't get paid. Right, right. So if my because, father was because alive, it's a, it's an MB, it's a, it's an NBC archive, right? It's an NBC archive, yeah, okay. right? Now, but if my father were alive, 
He might not be able to get some money for it, but I'm telling you guys, my father was a character. He would have had me get eight by tens. He would have been <laughs> eight by tens and, and all of that and, and, and everything else. I get in touch with him. He says, yes, your father is the one with the hat on. And it was the most mm-hmm. dynamic. I, I cut and pasted. I think I sent you an article where he said it was the most dynamic footage in the, that we used. So I, he says, look, contact NBC at Rockefeller Center. And this is the guy. Tell him I sent you. They'll, they can get you probably that on DVD. Well, not only did he get me that, he got me the footage that didn't quite make the TV when the guy, when my dad thought a guy to kiss his ass. <laughs> the guy at the end of that clip in Milk. I you see. don't see that on NBC. So they used a little piece of that. And the clip that you have is the whole piece. And that's how I became aware. Now, and now this I, is, this is, is this a reporter like from NBC that was filming this? Do you know? They, no, they did a whole piece. No, it was a whole, my, it was not just my dad. It was a whole piece on Anita Bryant and the bill that they were trying to get passed at the time. I see. And it was a whole story that started out in San Francisco because they had a, a gay parade and the guys were in a car and drag. And, and this is like in 77. Well, right. But, 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 it, but how did the, how did the, how did the camera get right there in that moment with your dad? Because, Oh, because there was, there was NBC somehow. I don't know how, honestly, I can't answer how they got there, but the movement was so strong against Anita Bryant that mm-hmm. they, they must've, been following them and they, they got my dad on the run the right day. I, I mean, I mean that, that the rant that you're going to see is, is phenomenal. Um, and I don't blame any movie maker anywhere putting this, this footage inside of a movie, especially about this topic um, and how they found this. I have no idea, but it's, it's a beautiful piece that now it, it's not the only activism that your dad did. We're going to show this piece, but there's, there's a couple other videos that you have in your YouTube channel of your yeah. dad, even like going to like school board meetings yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. He, he, he did not fuck around. Like, no. like if he believed in something, he didn't care. He would stand there and he would tell you exactly what he believed, whether you gave a, whether you gave two shits or not. He would stand there and tell you exactly what he believed because he believed yeah. it. He had conviction. Yeah. Is that is that where you kind of draw your? Because I know you do that on your show a lot. Yeah. Um. Is that kind of where you think where you draw 100%. from? Is your debt? Yeah. One hundred percent. I grew up like this. My father taught me that you don't judge. I know Martin Luther King said it too, but he said you don't judge a person by the color of their skin, but the content of their soul. The janitor is no no better or worse than the Fortune 500 CEO. And right. the guy on the street that may be down now might have been the Fortune 500 CEO. So you right. talk to people, like he always, his saying was, you know, I always end my shows with, what's the saying? My father's old, old uh, it's cliche, but it's the old one. Do unto others as, they, as you want done unto you. That was the way I was raised. Mm-hmm. In, in the third grade, I wrote a, a book report on Native Americans, and, and we said Indians, we didn't say Native Americans then, but Indians, the way they were treated by this country, and Black people. And I had a third grade teacher named Mrs. Stratton that cut me off in the middle of my book report and said, you can't say that. Well, when my dad found out, he went to the school, <laughs> and he got the principal in there and a the teacher, and he said, you will never, this is true, you will never cut my son off again. Because first of all, it's his book report. Second of all, what he's talking about, you may not like it as a third, as him being a third grader in 1977, but it's the truth. Right. right. Again, again, it, full circle happening right now. Full right. circle. Right. Full circle. So yes, Tony, and answer your question, it all comes from my dad. It's it's ingrained in me to to take up for the underdog, and whoever it was, my father um, would take up for the underdog. And at a per, you always hear me say to you guys, I said it to you yesterday, it had a personal cost. There was no social media then. They mm-hmm. would go to his car because my dad's side of family is Jewish 
Mm-hmm. My mother's side is Italian, and my running joke is, it, I, when my book came out, I always tell people, I said, well, tell us about yourself. I said, well, the Jewish side likes things at a discount, and, and the Italian side are expensive, so the Jewish side wants them at a discount. So, my dad, it might not be politically correct, but I'm still well, saying Well, you know, yeah, but, then yeah, say it. You can yeah, say it yeah, on you. For it. But my dad would walk back to his car, and they put Schwartz stickers on his Volkswagen, and, and where he had a ticket to the paint place to get it taken off. So they or they would attack him, and uh, my dad would fight back. He, he, he used to carry a thirty-eight, a concealed weapons permit. So he would fight back. But at a, when I say at a personal cost, it, he, and it wasn't just him; it was people in that group that wasn't popular. You know, a right. lot of a lot of activism now for the people that aren't really serious about it, but they're trying to do it just to make a name. But they're not; their their heart's not in, or doing it for bad or for bullshit reasons. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's on social media where it's easy. He did it in person where you get the shit kicked out of you or, right. or whatever would happen. So, yes, right. everything is from my dad. Yeah. There was now, no blue check mark back then that you could was, cloud chase right. to, mm-hmm. to, you know, social justice. This yes. is legit fucking right. Yeah. Brawl it out. What what year is this clip from that we're going to show? This is June 2nd, 1977, the NBC Nightly News. It was a it was a clip. It was a whole piece on Anita Bryant. And they had showed her, too, because she said, I love the gays or something like that. You know, I'm Christian and, but you know, da, 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 da. She sounded like Mike Pence with boobs. I'm sorry. Or, 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 well, or I was thinking of Donald Trump when he would say, there's my black person over there. Yeah, when right. he would yeah, say, there's, there's my African-American. African-American. That's, yeah. that's what he would say. That's yeah. what he would say. Yeah. Yep. Schmuck. yeah. Well, you know, and um, I think it's um, appropriate that you have the attitude that you have with Trump because he is the epitome of hating the underdog, right? Yeah. Everyone everyone acts like he's some kind of blue-collar billionaire, no. whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean. Right. But this guy this guy absolutely looks down upon every anyone who is not him or maybe Ivanka, but absolutely everyone he looks down upon. So let's play the clip of your dad here real quick. Okay. But you're what if this country was all Negroes and you were white? And they took your rights away from you because you were white. And they killed you, three, four, and five-year-old children in churches, pal. Uh, now what would you say, white man? Tell me. Well, that's not what are you going to say? The hell it is. You think a Negro's equal? Where do you see one in this state? Show me. Right. They had signs, no dogs and Jews a lot. Are you Jewish? Yeah. No dogs and Jews a lot. I lived there when I saw the sign. Okay? You still got clubs where Anita Bryant belongs to, where they don't allow Negroes and Jews. I like to see you and Rabbi Webb and the rest of those Jews walk in the front. The day you can walk in that front door of that club, that's the day I'll join you. You're going to spoil the game. I am voting for Negroes, Jews, gays. I belong to human beings. If you allow one, just one human being, to be allowed to have his rights taken away from him as a human being, then, pal, you don't have any right when they come to take away your rights. Because if you say screw you to them, they say screw you to you, and six million more Jews wind up in the toilet, and I'm not going to wind up with them. And I'm a Jew, and I'm goddamn proud of a Jew. And I'll say it in the rooftops of a Jew. A human being. What a what a great clip wow. uh, of your dad Alvin there. The passion, like the you could just in his eyes you could see just how much he fucking just like mm-hmm. he cared about it. He was serious. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, yeah. you know, the other schmuck over there was just like, Okay, yeah, sure. Let's yeah. just shake it away, you know. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll just walk away from it. And he's like, No, fuck this. Like, I, I am, I believe this, this is where I stand. Fuck yeah. you. Like, 
And it was very, yeah, very passionate. Well, uh, you got one hell of a pops there. That's yeah. that's for damn sure. And and I'll tell you that um, that for 1977, for a guy his size, and <laughs> for him to be a Jew, as he said, standing on the street um, to defend uh, people's right to be gay at that time, because mm-hmm. I, I think that's what you're saying. He was he was defending it at that yeah. time. Oh yeah. Um, in 1977, as a Jew, to stand on the street, not just not just to say something, but to be holding stuff in your hand and to be talking to people and to be out outright uh, vocal about that mm-hmm. opinion at that time. Yeah, that was that was a, a tough thing to do. That was probably not easy. Like you said, he would get a lot of pushback, um, even in that public space. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't think a lot of folks understand um just how far things have come now we're not perfect um you know obviously obviously we're not perfect we have we we have in the same state that your father was standing on the sidewalk there in 1977 we have them now uh, passing a don't say gay bill Mm -hmm. um in that same state which seems to be the the opposite of what your dad was fighting for so Mm -hmm. um if we get a little more of your uh, alvin berkwit energy in florida that would be fantastic um, actually, in in a, in a lot of states, Texas and and the like, where they're yeah. trying to pass a lot of uh, anti LGBTQ community uh, bills, um, where they're trying to ostracize these people from yeah. society. But um, in 1977, that is that is almost, I believe, almost as almost as brave as them being against these people today. Because I mm-hmm. think don't don't you think don't you think this is not a very uh, uh, popular road? for these fascists to go down. Like I, I believe most Americans are like, you know, I think you should just love whoever the fuck you want to love and leave people yeah. the fuck alone. Yeah. I mean, rather, rather you believe in gay marriage or not, or whatever your stance is. Most people just want other people to be left the fuck alone because they don't want people to fuck with them. Tony, this is what I say. And, and I always try to call it right down the middle. I don't have a problem. Honestly, if you, if, if you're, if you really are religious and you go by the Bible, whatever, that's, that's your thing. If you have a problem with uh, gay marriage or gay couples, I'm not going to tell you what your opinion should be or what it shouldn't be. But uh, what I will tell you is if you claim you're a Christian, you don't treat somebody because they're a man loving a man or a woman loving a woman or they're transgender, whatever it is, whatever it is, you have no right to treat a human being less than because you don't, you don't have to like the lifestyle, but you don't have the right to treat a human being less than because they're gay. It's the same thing I said with Colin Kaepernick. You have a right in America not to like that he took a knee. I'm the opposite. I'm for it. I take a knee with their. If he called me right now and said, hey, Brad, I'm taking a knee at seventh and grand. I'm going to go there with him. Come with me. Mm-hmm. I'll take a knee and I'll let the world know I was in the military and take a knee with them. But I don't say that people don't have the right to not like that he took a knee. What I won't allow on my platform or anybody that comes around me is to change the fucking narrative of why Colin took the knee. Right. Because right. it's huge. And Trump, with his bullshit about son of a bitch players and all of this bullshit, Trump, first of all, couldn't take a knee because a fat bastard couldn't get back up from taking a knee. <laughs> of all, he, he makes the narrative up and they make the narrative up with them. And I know, though, you guys know the story where Colin, I want to get off too much of it. You know the story about it was a military guy, Nate Boyd, that said take right, a knee. Right. But, mm-hmm. th- but it's not even that. Again, this is America. I tell people, they, they say, well, what do you mean? I don't want you to stop the KKK from marching down the street. I'll tell you why. Because if you stop the KKK from That's marching right. down the street, then the three of us don't get to march down the street anymore either. That's what right. you do 
is you fight back against that shit. You speak out and you use your platform. I'm not condoning to go over there and bash your head in with a cinder block. I know a lot of people say, well, that's what we should do. <laughs> I'm not condoning that. Okay. But what I am saying is they have the right to do it because this is America. I don't want anybody to lose the right, but we got to push back on this shit. Right. And this whole freedom of speech thing, it goes too far because what these politicians are doing with power to me is more than freedom of speech. What Fox News is doing is more than freedom of speech. Going back and tying that into my father, my father would be speaking out against uh, Tucky O'Rose and all of these clowns, Bo Barton. He would be at them every single fucking day. I would love that. I would pay yeah. to see him oh, yeah. go toe to toe with these. And, then, and, you know, the thing is, and I want to remind your viewers, that wasn't rehearsed. I mean, I right. know it all in my head. I could do the thing verbatim because I've watched it so many times. That was off the top of his head because, as Gabe said, he felt that. Right. You know, when he mm -hmm. said, if you allow one, just one human right. being to have his rights taken away from them as a human being, then, and he said, pal, because he was a New Yorker, that's a New York thing, then, pal, you don't have any rights when they come to take away your rights. If you don't understand what he's saying because he's yelling it, then you're, you, you absolutely are clueless because it's the truth. No matter it was 77 or 2022, if we allow one African-American, one member of the LGBTQ community, one member of the Hispanic community, one Caucasian person to, to lose their rights, even if we don't like what they're doing, then everybody's going to wind up losing them. That's right. It's a slippery slope, you know? It's, it's one of those things. Slope. I saw, I think uh, it was today, I, I was going through Instagram and a clip came up of Gabrielle Union and she was doing a promo for uh, Cheaper by the Dozen. They did a remake of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a movie on Netflix, is that right? Uh, Disney, I think. Oh, Disney yeah, Plus. that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, okay. But in the clip, you know, it, she's it, with Variety. She's talking about these rights taken away from the LGBTQI community. And she's like, listen, if you think that's just a them problem, right. you are sorely mistaken, babe. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm telling you right now, if they can go after them, they will surely in some time later in the future come after you. So you better defend these these people, this group right here, because if you don't, then you're next. Yeah. And that's you know exactly what your dad yeah, was saying. That's what I was saying. I can't believe it's at, from 1977 to 2022. Uh, your dad is down in Miami defending people's right to have their the sexual identity that they want, and here we are with uh, Gra Gabrielle Union in an interview, having to say the same shit in 2022. Yeah. But here's 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 the the fact of the matter is is that you're right with this freedom of speech and the freedom of thought. Just as much as, uh, you know, uh, you know, they'll call us liberals or libtards or mm -hmm. what it's socialist, communist, whatever the hell they'll call us, right? Um, just as much as we're entitled to our opinion, they're entitled to theirs. But where it starts to cross the line is when you legislate. Um, me, and, me and Gabe uh, uh, played a video, and I posted this video on TikTok um, from Denton, Texas. Uh, it's at the uh, University of North Texas where uh, Jeff Younger, who's trying to run for Congress, he has a, a transgender daughter. He tried to not have her be transgender. Um, he's he's a bigoted piece of shit. This guy's a full-on fascist. Uh, he even tries to go around different universities to give presentations. And this the, the students at this university protested him. And in the clip that I posted on TikTok, which it's got a lot of views. Uh, it's got like five and a half million views. Uh, just on my TikTok. So mm -hmm. I don't know how many tens of millions of views that it has, but it's got to have a lot because these, these these students are chanting, fuck these fascists. And the one the one comment I get from all these, uh, they're white supremacists. They may not know it, but they are. Um, 
I'm serious. They they may not know they are, but that's what they are. Right, right. They'll say they'll say, "Oh, why couldn't this these students let him have his opinion? He can have his opinion. You get to hold your opinion. No one is forcing him to be in prison because Jeff Younger thinks a certain way. But what Jeff Younger wants to do, Jeff Younger wants to put people in prison because they think are are a certain way. And right. that's what they don't really understand about fascism and about freedom of speech and 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 oppressing rights is and I say it all the time. It's in our intro. I I the quote is from me. The freedom to oppress the rights of other people is not liberty. You mm-hmm. shit eating morons. And and let me say it again. The freedom to oppress the rights of other people is not liberty because we don't really everyone, you know, I get this from these stupid freedom convoy and people convoy morons. They, they, they talk about mandates. They bitch that they can't go get whoppers because they're not backs. All this nonsense. Look, we strive for liberty in this country. That's what we strive for. The rights and the freedoms are actually what delivers us that liberty. And I believe a lot of your content is spot on because your, your number one, uh, your number one word that you use a lot is humanity. And like, that's what I try to tell people is like, you know, you, you may think someone is out there. You may think someone is weird. You may think their lifestyle is not what you want. You may, you may not agree with everything they're saying, even fascists. Like I don't agree with fascists, but by God, they get the right to hold their fascist bigoted views. They get to be a racist if they want to be a racist. I mean, Lindsey Graham, I think is the one was it Lindsey Graham or was it, was it Lindsey Graham today? Wait, in the day? About Trump? Yeah, well, no. He, t- today he was talking in the, in the uh, Kanji uh, Brown Jackson hearing. He said, "We, uh, they're going to say racist stuff about us or say that we're racist, which is par for the course. We're used to that. Lindsey Graham basically said he's used to be calling a racist. Right. Like, well, I mean, I guess. If, if you have to say I'm used to that, that's par <laughs> for the course. That's probably a bad sign. Like, yeah. you shouldn't just brush it on and be like, it's, it is what it is. It's like, no, if people are calling you racist and you're right. used to that and yeah, you're just like, yeah, whatever. You know what? we're, on, we're on a conversation with LGBTQ. Right. I can't tell you 100% Lindsey Graham is gay, but I can tell you 100% that I believe Lindsey Graham is gray. gay. And this is what I don't understand about Lindsey. And I'm going to call him Lady G because I can't stand him. There's my problem. The Republican Party wants to get people in. Why doesn't he come out the closet and use his platform and help the LGBTQ community and say, hey, look, we Republicans take a lot of shit. I'm gay. You know, Lindsey Graham saying, I'm gay. I want, I'm going to fight for you. No, DeSantis, you're not going to do this in Florida. This is wrong. Right. Because, you know, Barney Frank, you know who Barney Frank was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. openly Absolutely. gay. You know, but no, uh, Lindsey Graham wants to pretend he's not gay. And whatever whatever the case may be, he don't want to use this platform because he wants to go with their evil with the evil bullshit of that party. And you would have thought that when he said and Gabe talked and I talked about this yesterday when he said Trump was he is a xenophobe and a homophobe and he's gonna get our our troops killed over there. You do a pretty good Lindsey Graham, you know. Yeah, that. No, you do a pretty good Lindsey Graham. Fucking scary. But you know he he says that shit. And then he's down there washing his balls. You know, it might be maybe his golf balls, but washing his right. ball, mm-hmm. golfing with him. Now he's wonderful. I mean, it's 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 fucking insanity. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's, I mean, it, go ahead, Gabe. I was gonna say it is unfortunate that you've got. You know, we kind of talked about this yesterday when you asked me about like Hispanic community and why they might support Trump. You know, and kind of the mentality that's there, and I think that's also true with the Republican Party is like the group is known for a set of ideals, conservative values, Christian, Catholic, whatever. And if you are, you know, being gay and religious, not okay, yeah. you know? And so 
it is sad and unfortunate that if you are, you know, uh, one way or the other, that you have to um, appear as if you are a straight, you know, cis, you know, gendered man, and you you could not be gay, you could not be trans, you could not be this, you could not be that. Like you have to, regardless of how you actually feel and how you truly are, you have to put this image, this facade, up as I'm a straight white man or whatever, you know. And it's 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 unfortunate. And even if he were to come out and say that, you know, I am gay and I'm part of the Republican community and I will fight for your rights like I, I could easily see them going, OK, let's time to primary this motherfucker. Like that's what it would come down right. to, because they it's this group meant this this peer pressure, this group mentality where they would take over and say, you're not like us. Yeah. You're out. Yeah. And that's it. It's like yeah. us versus them. Kind well, of. That's I mean, how their mentality we, we could use the most base, the most simple talking point to that. I'm not a fan of Liz Cheney. I, I think they give her far too much credit. Yes, she's doing the right thing. I'll give her credit with the right. January 6th commission. Adam Kinzinger, both of them, they, I'll give him credit for that. 93% of the time, Liz Cheney voted more with Trump than fucking, uh, I don't take a bath, That's fucking right. Jim Jordan. So I'm not I'm not with, and, and Kinzinger and Cheney voted for fucking Trump in 2020. After right. all of that shit that he did. Okay, I wouldn't care if they wrote somebody in. I wouldn't care if they wrote their own name in. I know they weren't going to vote for President Biden. That's your right. That's fine. But not this motherfucking Trump. They, if you tell the truth in the Republican Party, you're fucking out. Right. Yep. The truth. Just the simple truth that that was an insurrection because that fucking shit. Don't, go ahead and ask me something about how I feel about veterans because you know what I'm going to say. About January 6th was a fucking insurrection. And they told the truth about it, and they're out. Cheney's out. You got that little fucking piece of shit pedophile that I've challenged him to three rounds to get in a fucking ring with me. Don Jr., him, and fucking Cruz, all three of them, not threatening their lives because I don't do that. Mm. Cherry, like I told Gabe, I'll put a fucking certain amount up. These bastards put a certain amount up. The winner, which is going to be me, goes to my charity of choice. <laughs> It'll go to the LGBTQ community just to shove it up their ass even more. Cause. They talk all the shit, but the truth gets you out of the Republican Party. The fucking truth. Yeah. So, if like Gabe said, if you're supporting LGBTQ, oh, you're, you're fuck, they get across and burn you. You know, my mother, mother, I call her him penis. People like to correct me. It's Mike Penis because he's a dick. <laughs> mother Penis teaches at a school that doesn't let gay kids go there. Yeah. But you're Christian. Right. right? But you're Christian. Well, you know, uh, George Carlin, speaking of New Yorkers and Christians and the LGBT community, George Carlin once famously said that who who other than uh, homosexuals have less abortions? These two people should be natural allies, Christians and homosexuals. He said that uh, in one of his bits, right. I believe it was in 1994, if I am correct. OK, um, that's when George Carlin, but George Carlin. George, but but, you know. I don't understand why that the Republican Party couldn't, um, you know, broaden their tent to and welcome these other than their bigotry. But but they you know, you and you and Gabe actually talked about this on on your interview with Gabe. You talked about how they kind of courted the Latino vote where they really have tapped into the conservative ideas. And, you know, originally that was Lindsey Graham's. Uh, idea back in 2008 when Obama had won and basically swept the Latino vote um, and the Republican Party did this uh, autopsy and they found out that uh, Latinos don't like the Republicans that much and um, Lindsey Graham actually did an interview and I forget uh, with who but I'm sure it's out there that could be pulled where he basically said 
you know, he used to be for immigration reform. Lindsey Graham did like he was he was one of the proponents. He was, quote unquote, with the maverick John McCain um, on some of the immigration reform. He was more progressive when it came to immigration. You know, the, the Republicans kind of torched him for that a lot. Um, but he actually said there's these these people coming to this country. They're more conservative than some of the con white conservatives that are here. They're right. natural allies to the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think that is the actual rub that we have here is it's no longer about ideas. It's no, no longer about ideology. No. It's only about power. It's only about pure power to Trump and the Trump allies. And they'll do anything, say anything to hold power. It has nothing to do with legislation. Well, right. It has nothing no. to do with policy. No. And, you know, you, you mentioned Lindsey Graham. All jokes aside, I mean, I could do a fucking 10 minute skit on him, but all jokes aside, this guy's not a good person. For example, you you said the Maverick John McCain. Right. He, him and and uh, Joe Lieberman, who was the vice president nominee mm -hmm. for, uh, for Gore, were supposed to be, the three of them were the three amigos. They were supposed to be like this. So Trump... Lowers the fucking flag when, and, and I like John McCain. I didn't like his policies, but I respected the man. I knew him, not personally, but I had some dealings with him. Actually, believe it or not, with the boxing side, because he was a big boxing fan, and he got the Muhammad Ali Act passed under his watch. So Lindsey was supposed to be great friends with him. When Donald Trump treated him like shit, Lindsey didn't come to his defense. Didn't mm -hmm. come to his defense at all. He was also, if you know that you guys are probably know, you remember when I believe it was John McCain, Lindsey Graham, and I think Hillary Clinton went overseas and did that tour. I forget what it was, but they, I'm pretty sure it was the three of them. He, he was friends with Hillary. Now, right. you can have a difference of policies. We could argue that night and day. But if she's your fucking friend, you piece of shit, she's your friend. But you're letting this guy say all this horrible shit about her because whether you like John McCain or not, the man had integrity. I'm sure people say, no, he didn't. Yes, he did. Because when he stood up to that lady at that debate, or right. not the debate, at that speech, and yeah. he said, she said, President Obama, uh, uh, he wasn't president, then he's a Muslim or he's an Arab or whatever the hell she said, it was so fucking stupid. Yeah, I, I, think, yeah. I think even she got to the point to where she thought he was a terrorist, maybe. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. And he said, he gripped the mic from her and he said, no, ma'am, he's not. He's a good man. He's a family man. Mm -hmm. If I didn't, he said, if I didn't think I'd be a better president, then I wouldn't be running. So I'm paraphrasing right. what he said. He stood up for him because that was the right thing to do. Lindsey Graham and all of them, they let Donald Trump say the most vile, narcissistic, misogynistic, racist shit. And like I told, I think I told Gabe this, whoever it was I was talking to recently, you don't get, if they like you, Tony, and you're a racist, but you you say funny things, say, well, I like the funny stuff, he says, but the racist stuff, I don't like that. Right. They mm -hmm. own all of me. They right. own all of you. And I don't mean own as in we're, we're a slave or, or, or property. I mean, the person, you don't get to pick and choose what traits of mm -hmm. Donald Trump you like or you don't like. You right. own it all. And right. with him, everything's fucked up. So yeah. you're even worse to me. Yeah, you can't. Uh, yeah, it, that we were talking about yesterday when we yeah. did the interview. And it's yeah, you can't pick and choose. You can't nitpick and be like, Monday, I like him because he did this. But Tuesday, I don't like him because he yep. said this really bad thing. But Wednesday. We're back on team Trump. Like you, you can't, go. it's, you own it all. Like you can't yep. say no for one and yes for another. Yep. And that goes for anyone. You either own it all or you say, Nope, I'm done. Yeah. I'm not with him. Yeah. You know, I, 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 when he was president, I would ask people, you know, that, that would quote unquote support him, you know, they, and they'd be really, you know, publicly they're really soft. Like when you're talking to him, cause they can sense, they could sense my, my, uh, 
my, a little bit of aggression that I had towards it. And I'd be like, so what, what is it that you like about him? And, and it was n- never skip the beat. He tells it like it is. That's what they'd say. And then, and then I'd say in the, in the same, almost the same moment, I'd say, so what didn't you like about him? And they'd say, oh, well, he, those tweets, those tweets. I'm like, what the fuck? Those are yeah. the two exact same things. What the fuck are you talking about? It's so like you're saying you yeah. like he's you like that he tells it like it is, but you don't like when he tells it like it is. Like get the right. fuck out of here. The same fucking people that you're talking about are the same people you say to them, "Do you like Obamacare?" Fuck no, I don't like that <laughs> damn Obamacare. I don't like that right. shit. Okay, do you like the ACA? Hell yeah, you dumb motherfuckers. It's the same thing. Right. It's the right. same. Right. Fucking it, it's the same group of people. Like, yeah, it's, it's the, the same. same really? Is it, yeah, it, it's it, it is insane when yes. you know you call two different things. It's the same thing. It's the same group of people who will say uh, Donald Trump should get credit for for getting the vaccine out. He got it, he yep. got it done quick. Mm-hmm. He got it done real quick. And you're like, okay, cool. So you're gonna get it? No, so no, 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 vaccine, no. So vaccine good, right? Yeah, vaccine, vaccine good. good. He, he cut through right. the red tape. He got right. it done. You know. Yeah. And then you're like, so you're gonna take yes. it? Like, oh no, no, it was rushed. It was rushed. And, and, like, and Gabe, on that talking point, you're absolutely right. And to be honest with you. Operation Warp Speed did get this shit up pretty fast. But how pathetic of a motherfucker is Trump that his own team couldn't get him to stay on point and push it? Because I'm going to tell you something. I believe this, and I've said it on my show, and I'll stand by it. If Trump would have fucking 50% done more for COVID, he probably would have beat Biden in the election. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they voted because they hate. he made people hate his fucking guts. Right. Okay? And that's why you had, to me, you had historic numbers come out. But if he would have handled COVID... 50%, not even 100% better than what he did. The, the fucking guy got, as you know, about 12.2 more million votes the second time around after Charlottesville, after kids in case, after, mm-hmm. after standing. Look, when that son of a bitch said, I believe Putin in Helsinki in 2017, oh, I know it's funny shit. what I'm about to say, but I mean, what, I mean it. They should have fucking gassed up Air Force One left his ass sitting there and said, you're a fucking traitor. Swim your ass back to America. And when you get back with 25th Amendment in your ass, because you're a fucking traitor. Dan Coates, I believe it was at the DNI or whatever yep. the fuck it was, they mm. sat right there in the front row. Their fucking jaws hit the ground. That was fucking treason. Not because Brad Berkwood says it was treason. Right. I don't give a shit if you hate Bush, Reagan, Bush Jr., Eisenhower, and every fucking Republican since Abraham Lincoln. You've never seen to my knowledge, publicly, and especially behind a bully pulpit, a president of the Republican Party say that fucking Russia is okay, that yeah. I believe Putin over our people. That's fucking insanity. Right. And well, as much but, as the left and we, about stuff, the truth is, as much as they hate the Republicans, you have to be fucking fair. Show me a Republican president that said that Russia and Putin uh, in particular was good, except I'll, for fucking... You got one? Well, I'll I'll show I'll show you all kinds of people on Fox News. I'll show you uh, Congress people, Congress yeah, women. I'll show you senators. I'll I'll show you governors. I'll show you talking heads, commentators. I'll show you I'll show you American Nazis that 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 purport to be America first year. I'll show you all kinds of them. And the reason why is because that motherfucker stood there in Helsinki and said that shit. Yeah. The reason why those people that that's that I think you guys said it last night on the on the fucking interview that that son of a bitch. There was racism in our country. There was fascism in our country. It was all hiding underneath rocks. Yes. He just gave them fucking permission when he came down that escalator and said that stupid racist ass shit and kept on it and kept on it and kept on it when he was president. 
when he said that shit and did that shit, and then when he purported the big lie after the election and didn't actually make sure that this country had a vaccine delivered, which he could have done. If yep. he had put as much fucking effort into delivering the vaccine to, to this country as he put into the big lie, he would actually have a fucking legacy today, and he doesn't. And that son of a right. bitch... You're, I mean, no, I mean, you're spot on. Sorry, but you know what? The same people we're talking about, the same racist fucking bastards, because I don't know if you remember this, when Charlottesville went down, there was a clown that they interviewed, and I remember him sitting at a picnic table, and he wound up getting arrested. He was talking all this shit on social media, and then they arrested him. He was mad because he found out he could not believe that his Lord and Savior, Donald Trump, allowed his daughter to marry a Jew who was Jared Kushner. <laughs> this, like, like I told Gabe yesterday, whoever it was, I think it was Gabe, Charlottesville, it might have been uh, uh, Jim uh, Piddick from uh, Best in Show. Mm-hmm. This son of a bitch... His daughter converted to Judaism. Or she's got a Jewish name. I forget what it is because Jared's family insisted who, when they got married, his grandkids are fucking Jewish. So how in the motherfucker can you say out your mouth that there were fine people on both sides when those other people were saying Jews were the K word, blood and soil, which is Nazi shit. They will not replace us. So when this particular guy found out that he let Ivanka, his girlfriend, marry uh, Jared, which I don't know how they were able to do that because I thought they were—he was married. The daughter was married to the father the way they act. <laughs> he flipped his fucking mind because he's like, she, "He, I, I'm not cool with that." Your right. fucking grandkids are Jewish, and you still play shit. When have you ever had a president where they said in Pittsburgh with the synagogues, "Don't come. We don't want the president to come because he's such." And I read it on a show one time. The exact oh, I read it on when I interviewed Jordy uh, Masals. Mm-hmm. I read that, or it was Brother Jordy, I can't remember. But the exact words, they asked him, don't come. When have you ever seen them not want a president to come to right. kind of unite the country? And I don't give a shit what they say about President Biden. The one thing I do feel, even though he drives me nuts when he says, Mitch is my friend, he's not your friend. The Republicans <laughs> are not your friends. Please, President Biden, got a lot of respect for you, but stop. They're not he'll be friend. watching. He'll definitely be watching. Yeah, he'll be. I'll make sure he watches. <laughs> he, watch, he watches our show every, every yeah, day. Yeah, well, you be. Yeah, but you're the Midas Network. We got a fifty. Well, that 50 might. Chance. That might. Well, that that's. It could be a flip of the coin. You, you never know. know. That, that is possible, it. right? I love you, maybe, maybe, Biden, maybe. Please stop saying it. Maybe but President Biden will be a big fan of ours eventually. You know, yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if uh, if Biden tuned in. Maybe I could, you know, like like Fox News used to send signals to Trump, like tell him what to say. Yeah. You know, I could, I just I could just tell Biden what to say and then it would all be good. Right. No, but, that, but, but one point I was making on that was I honestly believe in my heart that he wanted to unite the country. Yeah. But, you know, when I had Anthony on my show and we did a post uh, post election and Anthony say we got to give the seventy four point two million offer him. I didn't completely agree, but I understood what he was saying, because if mm-hmm. we could peel away some of them, maybe mm-hmm. we could get the, 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 the flashing light like a men in black, like zap their brains and bring them back to reality or whatever. But you know what? We're 15 months into President Biden and Vice President Harris's uh, um, administration. They're not coming off. They right. doubled down and tripled down. Right. Yeah. And those aren't rallies to make America great again or win America back. They're for him to fucking grift because. You got a fucking so-called billionaire, which we, I don't believe he is. I no, believe he has money him. and he'll never starve. Are the three of us starving? Is starving. This bastard will never starve because somebody, he'll grift and he'll right. get money. Right. A billionaire doesn't beg for you to pay for 
Trump Force One. What the fuck is that? <laughs> well, a, an actual an actual billionaire would just buy a new fucking plane. Exactly. Right. Like, they would just buy, to. or or he they would just to. charter, or they right. would just charter whatever right. fucking exactly. jet they yeah. wanted. Yeah. They wouldn't buy a plane. They just charter right. whatever right. fucking jet they wanted. And typically, the stand, the way that it goes, like after you're done with your presidency, you're like, okay, cool. Like I will focus on my library. And do that for the next few years. I'll write years. a book. I'll make right. Speeches. I'll do a memoir. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Wait a second. Wait a second. You guys are talking about things. You're saying Trump's going to write and he's going to open up <laughs> a yeah. yeah. book factory yeah. and all yeah. kinds of shit. This is this is. It'll this be is it'll the, the library will be a and, big porta potty. It'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. I guess but 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 at the end of the day, it's like yeah. Typically, presidents will just like kind of go off and do their own thing for guys, a while. Have you have you ever seen an ex president, Republican or Democrat? Let's just take Bush Jr. You know, Bush Jr. is probably. 95% against everything that President Obama did. Right. But did he ever open his mouth? Not once. Not once. No. And he, he, was he was painting. Yeah. He, he was painting. He was painting. Right. Yeah. I know he's hated. I know he, he they yeah. duped us with the weapons of mass destruction. I, there's a lot on his tab. I, I agree. But he did what is norms. You know, like they talk about taxes and going to inauguration. There's nothing in the Constitution that says the president has to give us taxes or he has to go to the, right. to the inauguration. But it's norms that we've become used to peaceful transition of power. We have never in our lifetimes, I got you, I've got you guys by probably between 10 and 20 years in age. We've never seen an ex-president act like this. And the fact that the Republicans doubled down on his shit instead of getting, they should have got rid of him. They had the perfect opportunity to drop this motherfucker. And if they didn't have, if Stop the Steal, and Gabe talked about this yesterday, if Stop the Steal didn't do it, January 6th, if you are a true American, and I'm going to say this and I want that record because I say it on my show all the time. I served that box 20 fucking years and 28 days during war and peace, two wars, one in country and one from the Pentagon. And any fucking veteran that was there on January 6th or any fucking veteran that says that was an insurrection and talks about their political prisoners. Nelson Mandela was a political prisoner. Stephen Biko was a political prisoner. Like that flag that sent me off that you talked about at the beginning. J6 will never forget you. Them motherfuckers are traitors. And any military person that's okay still with Trump and okay with January 6th because they wanted to see Pelosi get killed or they wanted, they thought that Big O, the one that put his fucking feet up on her desk, that piece of shit, is, is an American. You negate your service and you defecate on your service and you're not a fucking patriot. You're, far, you're anything but a patriot. It's bad enough you support Trump still, who called us suckers and losers, who treated us like shit, who didn't go to the fucking cemetery because he didn't want his fucking hair to get wet. Okay, all of it, many, many things. Who said John McCain wasn't a war hero? You right. motherfucker. That would have ended anybody else's run, but it didn't end Trump. And the Hollywood access tape, it's not, it's, the shit that he said was bad, but the point that people, they steer away from, even his fucking be best wife, which that's not grammatically correct, drives me nuts. <laughs> Talking about boy talk, boy talk. The motherfucker said because he's Donald Trump, he could move on them like a bitch. That's fucking rape. Not yeah. because they were enamored with him. Because of who he was, he could do what the fuck he wanted to do. And he's got more cases against him for sexual harassment and everything else. And it just nothing fucking sticks. And if they don't get him for something... And he runs in 2024. I know a lot of people come to my show and say, no way, Brad. He's not going to win again. I'm telling you, he's got a good fucking chance of winning because it's a segment of this society is fucked up. And they always want to blame the, the shitheads at these rallies with the fucking hats on, all this shit. They're not his... Guys, you notice as well as I do. 
That's not all of his backers. Right. You got a lot of rich people behind the scenes that don't want nothing to do with him, but right. love his tax breaks and love what he did with kid, putting kids in cages, but they won't say it publicly because they right. don't want to hurt their fucking brand. Right, right. There's a very good chance that some of a bitch could win in 2024. And because people are so stupid and they blame President Biden for the gas prices and for this, though no president has anything to do with the fucking gas prices, but they believe it and they double down on it and they get news cycles on it. Well, I what a knockout punch uh, from Brad Burke. Which speaking of knock, and I don't mean to switch gears like this, but speaking of knockout punch, there's a knockout punch here that I want you to tell a story about. Um, I I have this hanging up here behind me. It's from 1965. It is when Muhammad Ali uh, knocked out. Well, some say he did. Some say he didn't. Um, but, but I'll let you tell the story. A lot of people uh, bring up this painting. Phantom um, punch. Yeah. So this so this is one photo shot of it. Um, I really like this particular photo shot um, when the champ is standing over him. There's a couple other angles and a couple other shots, but this is the one that I, I like the most. That's why I have it hanging up behind me. But you have a special story about this, this picture that I have hanging right, up behind right, me. Itself, yeah. right. I interviewed Angelo Dundee, who was very kind to me over the years. I mentioned him in my Hall of Fame speech when I got inducted last year. He trained Muhammad Ali and he told me that it was a punch. He said, Brad, I know what they said. It was fixed. It was this. It was that. Mm-hmm. It was a punch. Now, I know they show different angles and all of that stuff, but I honest, honestly believe Angelo and knowing Ali, I don't, I don't, I don't feel, this is just my opinion, that Ali would have taken, uh, would have allowed that to happen, him, him to knock him out. Because if you know the whole story, when he was the youngest heavyweight champion, when he beat him in 64 at the convention center on Miami Beach and, and Sonny couldn't come out of the corner, they actually put something on Sonny's gloves. This is the first fight. And it got in Ali's eye. Ali wanted to catch his clay then. He wanted right, to quit. Right. He wanted to quit. And he, he went on and he wound up stopping Sonny Liston. Sonny Liston was a monster. He was Mike Tyson back then without the, you know, without him saying, Robin, I love you, Robin. You know, he, had, he didn't have that little voice. <laughs> I shouldn't say that because I know Mike. He's going to kill me for this. But I don't believe it was a, a phantom punch. I, I, from everything that I know, it was a legitimate knockout. Now, now uh, Angelo was the trainer at the fight too. Yeah, right? he was. He was there at the. So, so he wasn't just at the fight. He was the actual trainer. He was at the his fight. trainer. He, yep, he trained him. I, I think there was only one fight, and I could be wrong about this. That Ali, I mean, I'm sorry, Angelo didn't work because he had two fighters, Jimmy Ellis, who was from Kentucky, who was a mm-hmm. heavyweight champion, and Ali, and they fought each other. And I don't, I don't think I can't remember if Angelo worked Ellis's corner. Or he didn't work. I think he did. He might have worked at Ellis's corner again. And Muhammad stopped. I'm pretty sure he stopped Jimmy Ellis. But um, but yeah, he was there, and that's what he told me. It wasn't a phantom punch. So what? what when when did you have this? Uh, when did you talk to Angelo about the? Well, about I, I the, talked to him many times over the years, but I huh? interviewed him. I didn't talk about the phantom punch in my book. I don't think I did. But my book is called Boxing Interviews of a Lifetime. I interviewed him in 2000 uh, for my book, but I've, I had yes. talked to him subsequently since then. And I was at the Hall of Fame with them in 2001. Not not my Hall of Fame, but the International Boxing Hall of Fame, which is uh, in Canastota, New York. So before we go, tell us a little bit about, because a lot of people may not know this about Brad, Brad Berkwit, but he is in the Florida Hall of Fame, Boxing Hall of Fame. So tell us a little bit about being, what it means to be in the Florida Boxing uh, Hall of Fame. But also I want you to give us shameless plug of, uh, your website, where to find you, uh, where to get your book if people want to read it, and where to watch your show. Okay, let me do that, and I'll tell you, Florida Box. Yeah, go ahead. So on YouTube, just type in Ringside Report Web WEB TV channel, come right up. 
Uh, ringsidereport.com. I got a great writing team there. Lots of diversity, uh, all kinds of articles, LGBTQ, social issues, um, you, you name it, we've got it. It's not just sports. I've got pretty much sports is the, the least of it right now because what's going on in America, I wanted right. to put writers together and they're doing all that. Um, on Twitter, it's at Bad Brad RSR. And I always, I always interact. And uh, so hit me up there as well. And like I said, ringsidereport.com. And my personal, my uh, if you want to keep up with guests, it's Bad Brad Berkwit, two T's, dot com is my, my personal website. So Florida, Florida Boxing Hall of Fame, Tony, again, my father. It, it all goes back to my father. Right. My father knew some of the legends of the sport. He met Cassius Clay in the 60s, tried to hustle him on a car that he was selling. <laughs> wait, wait, wait your, dad, your dad tried to hustle uh, Cassius, Cassius Clay at the time. <laughs> that would I, I would actually, that would be great. Foot, too bad that footage. I know, yeah. I that, that footage, you know what I mean? So I don't know if it was a studio. I told this, this story in my induction speech. He was, he was friends with fighters like Kid Gavilan and Bo mm -hmm. Jack. He drove cross-country with a very famous fighter named Rocky Graciano, was champion of the world from New York. Only problem is they met on Miami Beach. My dad didn't have a driver's license. But my dad still drove a Rocky Graciano <laughs> in New York. And I always said that and when he got his license, it wasn't much better. Because my dad would drive on the fucking sidewalk. We'll have to do another <laughs> show. But I got inducted, yeah, for being a journalist for the boxing side. But my amateur boxing journalist, my book, oh, Boxing Interviews of a Lifetime is the book. It's on all of the platforms, authorhouse.com, um, author Amazon, all of them. So loving the sport from when I was seven, boxing as an amateur, 88, three, and then 1997, making my bones doing interviews. That was the, uh, that was my, my induction into the offense. Honor of a lifetime. You know, I wish, sadly, I wish my dad was there. He was there in spirit. It's the yeah, only part was. of my speech that I really did get choked up about. Mm -hmm. uh, Debbie was there and, you know, Debbie is the nucleus behind my show. She, she's behind it. Well, she used to be behind the camera till zoom. But she's the one that you know, I bounce ideas off. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? Mm. She'll send me stuff. She's she's kind of like my my silent producer on all of this. But mm. yeah, it was honor of a lifetime, absolute honor of a lifetime. Well, we're we're glad that even though even though um, you've kind of stepped slightly away from the boxing world, you're still in the ringside in America right. uh, for not only not only uh, politics but democracy itself. Because here we we want to promote anything that's pro democracy. And uh, Brad, you're always you're a good friend to me, and um, uh, we we've uh, talked several times, and I, I I appreciate having your friendship, and uh, not only that, always come back to the show. Don't don't think that uh, you're not welcome back. You're definitely welcome back here, because uh, uh, forget about it, right? Forget about it. Forget about it. For your viewers, if you really want to see, and Gabe, you probably know, for or you might know it, too, I don't know. But if you ever want to see a great breakdown of forget about it, watch Donnie Brasco mm -hmm. and watch the scene when Paul Giamatti, who was a smaller, much smaller actor than now he's huge. He's on right. billions and all these shows. He asked Donnie, uh, jo uh, jo um, Johnny Depp's character, Donnie Brasco, which mm -hmm. based on the, Joe Pistone was the real guy. He says, what do the forget about? And he explains about it's a it's a good explanation because forget about it could mean many different things. Right, mm -hmm. right, right, right. And I and I want to say to you guys, I didn't get a chance to tell you, Tony. I know I told you privately, but again, congratulations to both of you guys getting on the Midas touch. Oh, thank you, thank you That's very a much. Big I appreciate deal. it. I love that they're they're pushing your platform out because you guys in your own your own way, and and I love what you're doing, is moving humanity forward. And we need 
There's more of us, like I told you, I said it gave yesterday, there's more of us. Not everybody's comfortable using their platform or speaking out. I'm okay with that. Not everybody's made for the life that we have completely chosen at this point, and a lot of times at a personal cost. But I appreciate what you're doing, and you know you got my support. Well, we appreciate it. And like I said, I say, I say, forget about it, and you guys say, fuck them. That's it. (laughs) Fuck them. Fuck Fuck (laughs) them. Well, thanks for joining us, Brad. Everyone stick around. Brad, you're always welcome back. Thank you very much uh, for, for, for being here. Everyone stick around. We'll be right back after this break. What the fuck is wrong with you people? It's a rhetorical question at best. We'll be right back on the Tony Michaels Podcast. Letters from the Trucker Convoy. Dears Tammy, by the time we reached D.C., we was 50 strong in number. Some patriots ran out of gas along the way. We got plenty of Slim Jims and Skull, near run out of Natty Light. Hope it don't rain tomorrow so we can circle the city again. Here's Bob. Dear Bob. I'm fixing to send you some more of them Doritos you like, the red bag, not the live loving blue one. In your absence, I discovered a rash on my neck, and no, it ain't no hickey, and I even seen my cousin Brody in ages. Stay strong. Wipe your ass at least once a day. Yours, Tammy. Fuck em. Fuck em. Fuck em. Fuck em. Fuck em. Fuck em. We're back to the Tony Michaels Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the show. What a great interview. This Bad Brad Berkwitz. Go visit Bad Brad Berkwitz YouTube channel. Just type in Bad Brad Berkwitz Show on YouTube. It'll come up. You will see uh, a ton of really great interviews. Uh, Gabe, what a what a great interview we had with Bad Brad Brad Berkwit. Yeah, you see it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Again. Oh, there you go. There yeah. You go. yeah. Bad Brad Berkwit. Yeah. Dude, it, was a, it was a great interview. Yeah. He, he holds nothing back and he gets it clearly from his dad, which is oh, yeah. like the original Joe Pesci, the yeah. OG Joe Pesci, uh, as it were. So great interview. Always welcome Brad back to the show. Uh, shout out to Brad because he did help us get that, uh, inter- that great interview that we had. With another great New Yorker, uh, Anthony Scaramucci. The Mooch. The Mooch. You guys can go watch that interview on the YouTube channel. So don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. So you can go watch all all of our great interviews and all the episodes. I believe Anthony's like number 98. I think that's what it is. We're on 103. 103 episodes. Crazy. Oh boy. Hot nugget. It's a full week though because we have the... Uh, Katanji Brown Jackson, the Judge Brown Jackson hearings going on right now. Um, but I do want to show one more thing before we go. Um, I want to talk about this for just a few minutes. We're 55 minutes in the hour. We got a couple minutes here to break down what the difference between the Constitution and the Declaration of Stupidity, I mean, independence is. Um, mm-hmm. that's what I tweeted out. The, um, Marsha Blackburn obviously does not know the difference between the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. She tweeted earlier, the Constitution grants us rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, not abortions. What the fuck does she think liberty is? What in the fuck does she think liberty is? This is ridiculous. 
Absolutely fucking. Now you tweeted here. You tweeted, I am not surprised that Marsha Blackburn does not know she's actually quoting the Declaration of Independence. She does not know that, by the way. Yeah. I'm more surprised that she spelled happiness correctly. Are you surprised by that? Because she knows how to use autocorrect. Yeah. Like, I think it's, I think the phone was like, she was like H A P P Y N E S S. And the phone was like, Nope. You mean I N E S S. And she was like, no. And it was like, you sure? No. And then I think, you know, there, I think the red line showed up underneath the text mm-hmm. enough times where she was like, fine, and then changed it. So, you know, whether she knew before going into this tweet or whether she knew uh, as she was about to send the tweet, either way, I'm surprised that she knows. Because, like, you look at the movie Pursuit of Happiness, Will Smith, right? right? Yeah. Uh-huh. There's it's, a spelled, whole, it's spelled intentionally spelled right, wrong. Right, right. Because there's a whole bit about right. they spelled happiness wrong outside the wall of, it, of, mm-hmm. the, of the daycare. The daycare, right, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, so it's like maybe she watched that movie and she didn't watch National Treasure. I don't know. You know, I look at this and I'm like, you would think, you know, John Voight's the movie. He's a MAGA head, right? She's right. a MAGA head. Right. Uh, I figured if she watched the movie, she would remember, oh, yeah, Nick Cage stole the Declaration of Independence. They fucking quoted that thing so many times <laughs> in the movie. They were like, oh, yeah, here's a section quoted. Here's a section quoted. Uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness was one that was mentioned many times. And you would think that, you know, if she watched the movie, she would have remembered. But then again, you know, I don't know. Maybe it she is Marsha Blackburn. Of, yeah, I mean, maybe she just had too many glasses of wine and uh, just totally forgot about it. I don't know. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't tell you for sure how much wine she drinks or what wine she drinks. What I can tell you, though, is it's I It's white bet, wine. Is it white? Yeah, it's like probably okay. cheap, dry white pure, wine. Pure white. Yeah, pure wine. white. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Right, like supreme, supreme pure white mm-hmm. wine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. I got you. I follow you there. I yeah. I smell what you're stepping in, as we mm-hmm. would say in my part of the country. So, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing that gets me about Marsha Blackburn and not knowing the difference between the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. I would almost put a fucking hundred dollar bill on the fact <clears throat> that Marsha Blackburn, if she carries a purse that there is a fucking pocket constitution that she has in that son of a bitch. So when she's talking about the constitution, rather she realizes it's the decoration. Right, right, right. She pulls it out and waves it around and puts it. Yeah, in I wouldn't be surprised and- if, if, if somebody out there already had a product that was a half constitution, half Bible, you know, right. where it oh, was oh, like, so like, like a combo thing. Yeah. Like a little, like a little mini book, you know, kind of thing where like a it's Patriot like Bible as it were. Right. Exactly. Uh, patent pending. Uh, <laughs> hey, maybe maybe there's a commercial. There's a couple of videos I since I, I know I know I should write need this to write down. these. Sh- yeah. You need to write this is, shit down. What happens? What, what do we just call it? Patriot right. Bible? But Patriot Bible. What happens, folks, is after the show, Gabe's like, "Hey, what what are those ideas that we we talked about? What what was the time stamp?" On <laughs> yeah, them? I gotta, I gotta go back I gotta to the send video clips and yeah. go back to the videos. So we know, uh, uh, but yeah, I, you know, who knows? Maybe there is such thing because there's a pocket Bible and a pocket Constitution that they love to wave around at people you know it honestly could be a patriot bible where it's just like in the front part uh it's got the constitution right or it's got the yeah it's sort of sort of yeah yeah or maybe it sprinkles it in where it's like all right here's the book of genesis and you know here's the beginning part of the constitution and then they're like all right here are the other books and then you know like or it's between maybe you get like old testament then you get the constitution then you go new testament 
I don't know. I, well, you know, I think these are all good ideas, and maybe maybe we should uh, maybe we should check on the URL before anyone nabs it. Um, a pocket Patriot Bible. Uh, and maybe there is a commercial or a video like an infomercial that could be made for this product that may or may not exist. Yeah. But definitely Marsha Blackburn is probably a heavy contender on the bone head of the week because she does not know the fucking difference between Constitution or the Declaration of Independence. She also does not know how to use a fucking dictionary to look up the definition of the yeah. word. She's woman. also, you know, I would say just a, 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 uh, condescending uh bigot piece of, saw. Piece of yeah. shit is yes. that how you would yeah. say that yeah i mean that's another I mean, way I, to say that, it. i mean sure. i would say piece yeah of shit. right no totally i, I actually i actually use the word no one's supposed to use the word cunt uh <laughs> earlier in a tweet and, and what are you laughing at i did i tweeted that i word. know i saw everyone's like you can't tweet that i'm like when it comes to marshall blackburn you certainly can tweet the word cunt you can tweet <laughs> it you can say it you can type it over and over and over again when it comes to Marshall Blackburn. I do believe it is appropriate to use that word. I'm just saying. And maybe, maybe, maybe uh, Senator Blackburn will end up on the Bonehead of the Week poll. Go follow yeah, there's a very Tony strong chance. Pod. Very strong yeah, chance. Yeah, very strong chance. So she could end up on the Bonehead of the Week poll. Go check that out this afternoon. We will be releasing that poll so you guys can vote for who is the Bonehead of the Week. And tomorrow, noon Eastern, 11 Central, you will see us right here on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and now the Midas Touch Facebook page. And tomorrow on the second hour, we will go through your vote. Your vote on the Bonehead of the Week po uh, poll. So don't miss it. Do not miss it tomorrow. And until tomorrow at noon Eastern, 11 Central, surf's up, motherfuckers. You've been listening to the Tony Michaels Podcast. Podcast. In your face commentary of current events and political news. No rules, no boundaries. I think we've made that perfectly clear. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll be back soon. In the meantime, follow Tony on social media at the Tony Michaels. And until next time, raise a fist and repeat after me. Fuck them. Murphy's Mealborn, head-ass speaking.